the 30, make the 40s. I'm a walking strip, record me. It's the 30 and a 40. Switch, make it hit fast as hell. Bitch told me she prayed for me, told her pay for Brody, them in the cell. I don't got no stylus, morning shoes and pants, I'm fresh as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only us. Black Brent. New episode. J5 here. Josh fixing his headphones here. Yeah, Josh P's in the building. Josh P's, aka um, 212P. <laughs> that was the um the bus ace to take. It just made me think the whole little baby album is about like humble beginnings. <laughs> and then like records about Jada. So. And uh, distant academics. We're going to talk about that album later on uh, B Sides. So subscribe to the Patreon. MC, my man MC here. What's going on? I'm so happy right now. For those that cannot see this from a visual perspective, our visuals that we have right now between J5 and Josh P, they're just as executive as we have ever looked in the past nine, ten months. Of, of course. And they're only going to get better. We are, we said this back at the beginning of the year. The, yeah, the yeah. setup's going to change. Yeah, yeah we figured it out, man. We figured it out. So. <laughs> we're figuring it out. Yeah. And we're going to have, like, it's going to be different next time we do it. Um but yeah, right now, if you can't see it, you, I mean, you're not on Patreon, you can't see it. Uh, we do video, of course. If it's $5 down, you'll be able to see all of this content. Yeah. Uh, you know, join our, join our, join our tiers, all of our different tiers. We, a Come lot of family, people, man. Yeah. A lot of people didn't forget about the t-shirts either, Josh. So I'm just want to let you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, t-shirts coming soon. <laughs> they did not forget about the t-shirts. Check out these dynamic mics, though. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of our patrons, and especially our new patrons for the month of September, welcome to the family, of course. Yeah, who, you got the list of those? Uh, pull those up right now. We'll get, we'll get yes, to you guys. Very, by very, the, very big shout out to our family. We'll get to y'all by the, by the end of the uh, end of the episode. We, we sponsored. Can we show the, can we show the, the labels of the stuff that we, we drink? Well, I, it's funny. I turned my water around. Poland Spring got me. <laughs> Yachty, you need to go get a bag, bro, because I was literally at the store grabbing water, and I went for the Evian. I was like, oh. Poland Springs. <laughs> Took the walk to Poland. Let me let me just get this real quick. So, but I turned the label around. So, shout out Liquid Death. Yeah, shout out um, what's this wine company called? Free Your Body. Is it is that a, is that pause worthy, Josh? Uh, Wonderwork. It's called Free Your Body. No, it's not, it's not pause worthy at all. <laughs> Josh Squeeze got a very good reaction. I'll be free in bodies. <laughs> it's real shit. But yes, we are here back again. Uh, thank you guys uh, for joining us on uh, Amp the other week, uh, last week with with uh, Henny. That was our that was our most loqu- loquacious episode. Yeah, that was a great one though, man. For Shout sure. out to Henny, man. He came through and just he took over. Yeah, nah. <laughs> it's like Brian Game Six. He took over the. But nah, he show. nah he really just I like his story because it's very much a story of a lot of people in the music industry. Like you know, he kind of started off rapping. Then you kind of went into the management. Now you're, you know, like our promoter, the management. Like, I think that's just like a, a, a path that a lot of people take. And a lot of people don't hear about it yeah. often. So I'm glad he told that story. Um, Yeah, shout out to him. You can listen to that at the end of this podcast. That's a really good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our monologue. Talked about, I mean, just really the D.C., you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia scene. Obviously, I, I like went to school in that area. Um, I remember some of those parties. I didn't get a chance to say it, but like I remember going. Yeah, to no, I'm shit. like, bro, I knew of Henny from the promoter stuff before I really knew about the. When I met him on the management tip, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I do remember coming through DC and you yeah. being that guy. Like I remember that much. So, yeah. no, I'm glad he touched on that because that's that's an important part of hip hop, right? And, and people really don't speak to that a lot. Like you know, these promoters and these agents, these are the guys who really kind of help hip hop make their money. And, and I think I feel like promoters, some promoters get like a bad. A bad rap because of just like the janky shit. Janky promoters, yeah, like yeah, there's a Modesto. Lot of- <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Modesto? 
Uh, I've passed through. I've never. There's no reason to go to Modesto. Well, I, I wonder. Was that movie actually filmed in Modesto? I don't like, think it so. No. Nah. Right? Hell no. Nah. Like they had to do it in probably Rancho Cucamonga. That's funny though. You know, like the whole Des and like Desto Dub. Yeah. Like, that's all based on Janky Promoters the movie. No basically. way. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> Modesto. Like they, they. I thought that. Well, I I had thought I was like, damn. I, when I, when I first started listening to Overdose and that whole crew, I was like, that has, that can't be Modesto from Janky yeah, Promoters. No, I they, thought it was just like a slang. Nah, that's all. They kind of built the slang off of that movie. That's funny as hell, yeah. yo. That, yeah. That's that's so fucking funny. Shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, the, our episode with Henny, you'll be able to hear it right after this. Uh, if you listen on on our public free episode, but on Patreon, you guys have heard it days ago. Yeah, and you should have been there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, tap in live. Yeah, like you, you should have been there. And our Amp show is one of the most lit shows on Amp Radio, next to Nikki, of course, and all the other. I think we're probably at number three. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool I'm, with I'm, three. I'm cool with three for now. I'm I'm, I'm high up. I don't know, Nikki, what's up? <laughs> hey, I ain't nah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> Nah, shout out to Nikki though. I love what she's doing right now with the what is radio she, platform. Oh, I was about to say, what is she doing? What oh. else she, other than amp? <laughs> I mean, no, I think she she got man, super freaky girls going crazy. It is going crazy. I'm, I'm saying like that. I, I meant I thought you meant oh, like, you meant like killing, killing off everybody. In the oh, world you know, right she's now. doing what she got to do. It's a queendom, man. Bow down. <laughs> One thing I never knew about Josh is that he was a he was a, a barb. barb. Oh man, I got a barb shirt. I can't wait to bust this shit. It's from the Young Money um, reunion show. I bought the merch from from OBO. Yeah, I bought the Barbie one. Bro, I got my like father like son shirt. Right. Yeah, I got it. I wore mine. It's just nice. Did you? What size did you get? I got an XL. I got. XL I got a medium. Uh, no. And that shit fit like a small. Yeah, well, they. I know. I knew the sizing was gonna be janky. It's like I don't know. I, I just, can't even wear that shirt. Yeah. It it is it, it basically is a halter top. I gotta give it away. It's a great shirt though. It is a great shirt. Yeah. I might wear it one time. Great shirt. But I, you probably got to put a shirt over it so you can't see how yeah. young it is on me. That shit young as hell on me. You already wore that shit. It's a nice shirt, but uh, yeah. and radio. Shout out to the Barb's. Uh, well, our next episode is going to be a blacklist episode. You guys like the guilty pleasure one so much. What day is that episode? It's going to be on the twenty seventh, I believe, uh, okay. Mark. Uh, it will be October twenty sixth. Wednesday, October twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Our debut say. of a brand new show on Amp. Yes. Blacklist. So I'm actually not going to be in the state. I'm going to be in Atlanta. Hmm. So we're the first for the first time. We're going to be doing the show. Outside of, you know, just not in the same studio. But we're going to do a Blacklist episode. Uh, spooky songs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm trying not to get uh, I'm trying not to get all 36 Mafia songs. Yeah, no, I got some shit. I got some spooky <sighs> Some scary songs. songs. Uh, Hopefully Amp got these motherfuckers, man. That's I hope so. Right, That's yeah. going to be the most important thing. Yeah, man. like if Amp, we got to check that in, in you know, before, um, before, we, before we do that. But Amp also has a chat section, too. Yeah. So when you get in our show next Wednesday... Get in the chat. Let's talk. We're trying to talk, man, for sure. That the mm-hmm. chat is the chat was definitely mostly me and Mark lit. Uh, shout out. Actually, it was, it was uh who else was in there? Um, Wayno was in there. Wayno was in there. Shout out to him. Uh, my homeboy. Who, who, Don was who, in there. Don, yeah, he was in there. He he was in there like really talking. So next time we do this, make sure you guys are chatting it up. Um, we had we had a good time the other week. So mm-hmm. how was your week, Josh? Uh, my week was good, man. Was, my weeks have been busy. Every time someone asks me how your week been, I'm like, I've been working, man. You're uh, always busy. I'm always busy. I'm always working. Um, shout out to that, though. It's, it's a blessing. Um, what, what have I been doing this week, man? I've been watching some TV. Really just trying to relax, man. Really trying to get my mental right. You got, got a big, big. You got a big trip coming. Yeah, up. Yeah, got a few big weeks ahead of me. Yeah. Period. Just trip a couple trips and just. No, a lot going on. So, how do you prepare for this big trip you got? Well, you already said where you were going. Yeah, I'm going to but. Paris. Um, how do I prepare? I just, you know, try to get my rest. <laughs> 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 nah, um, I'm. I've really just been like packing mentally. 
Okay. I'm a master packer. I get this shit done. I'm actually about <laughs> to buy some new luggage. Um, but I'm just a ma- like I've been I've been like getting my fits together yeah. in my mind. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the, the young money shit because I, I got one of them shirts I might wear out there. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I've just been like mentally getting my fits together, just figuring it out, seeing what I'm gonna wear. That's, I got some shit. I've been buying a lot of shit and not wearing, so I'm like, man. That's wait. me too. Yeah. That's my number one thing. Like, even getting ready to go to somewhere like Atlanta, I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna wear? I'm I'm gonna be on this panel speaking. Yeah. And I'm trying to wear the most like You gotta put that shit on. Oh, you exactly. get you some Dior. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wear something audacious on that shit. You like, gotta wear I, some Marnie. I gotta find something <laughs> to wear like that that's gonna be like oh I might borrow your, your sweater that you had in, oh, on yeah. the Oh yeah. I got I got some shit. I got it's funny. <laughs> I just look, I'm just looking at these um boots. What? They got these like Sherling boots. They look like some furry. They home. look like fur, yeah. Yeah, they just look crazy, bro. <laughs> oh, let me see these. Oh, man. Let's, <laughs> you come in here in some furry boots. I'm about to get these, the the furry Damn, br- you know boots. What? I, honestly, when this come out, because I don't like talking about this. Actually, we're gonna have to cut this part. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna censor it? You wanna gatekeep the boots? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because niggas pull up with the boots. I'm Ain't hot. nobody wearing them fucking boots, man. <laughs> this is these boots are. You already know what these boots represent. Niggas pull up with these boots, I'm gonna be hot. Josh, oh God. come on, bro. If I see anything with these boots on besides me, I'm gonna be no, hot. Josh, no. Do they even make these in your size? Yeah, I already seen them. Um, so I, I was gonna buy them online, but I like to like try shit on first. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go to the store and check them out. Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm not wearing those. So boots. I don't want nobody to go to the store before me. <laughs> I ain't going before this episode out. See how niggas slow up. I can't pull out anything of that fashion. I wear size 12. I can't get nice with boots. I wear 12 too. I got a couple pair of boots. I rarely ever wear them, but let's get this happening. I think the thing is but you... these I'm going to wear. I'm going to throw these on with like basketball shorts. I th- Pick, picture, please. Wait. I'm going to picture, please. They look like some damn near some Uggs, but like, they like look a little like bit the, of a platform. Um, the old Rick Owens type shits yeah. with, the, with the heel on the joints. How you even find this? Um, I don't even know, man. But I seen them with some pants. I was like, oh, I'm about to get this in the pants. I'm, hey, online shopping be getting you sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> hey, shout out to the online shopping stylists. The girls who be styling that dudes, whoever be styling like the, the, the sites, y'all be getting me sometimes. Sometimes sometimes that should be trash, but sometimes I see a fit. I'm like, oh, that, how, that how lower you, body, I got to recreate. That. How do you feel about those, those um, what's on the celeb? Uh, accounts. I love those accounts. Those are funny. I, I just think they're just. I, I don't know. Like, how the, the fuck did you know that was a polo shirt? Like, I don't even see the logo on the. Yeah, shirts. they be getting it. Yeah, they be killing it. <laughs> I think that stylist was sending it in. Like, no, I. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, sure. people be kind of like you know that's 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 what the brands and the PR and all them. That's just a whole racket. So yeah, again. like. But speaking of online shopping, we I, I was talking about this yesterday with you guys. StockX is going crazy right now. Oh man, yeah. StockX has StockX is everything. Very... I think it's like very intentional. I think StockX is about to go out of business, and right now <laughs> they're like everything is below retail. Like, are I'm, you calling that right now? I'm just saying, like the resale game is is like the brands cratered. are smartened up. The brands are smartened mm-hmm. up, and then the, and then there's so much product coming out, mm-hmm. like. The customer's just like, I don't want to buy this shit no more. Yeah. So it's like, I think the, the market's about to kind of How many people, over. like for real, both of y'all, how many people do y'all see in new shoes? I don't, yeah, people like wearing old shoes, first of all. Exactly. And then I just, mm-hmm. I was looking, I walked down Fairfax the other day. Mm-hmm. It's like 17 resale shops on Fairfax. Yes. Like just from Rosewood to Oakwood. Yeah. It's like 17 resale shoe shops. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, And then even more two streets yeah, down yeah then you go to yeah it's like i don't get the, the the i don't get it and then they all like and then even when i'm just out shopping in general like yeah. i see like these 
these shoe stores that just have all like dunks and Jordan ones. Yeah, that Jordan ones that just came like the the Brotherhood ones over there, the purple and yellow ones that yeah. come out eighteen times. They're just chilling. They're just sitting. And I got those below retail. I got those for one forty. They came out one seventy. Yeah, um, like flat. Yeah. Like, so back to StockX. Everything's below retail on StockX right now. Just gave you idea. Don't go buy the Leve boots. Go buy something <laughs> off of StockX. Everything's below I'm retail. I'm telling you, those taxis. I think people overestimated those. Those shits are sitting. Uh, I think what else did I get off those? Uh, the Union Twos are really like the I'm major. I, the I major paid retail for those <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> You got both pairs, yeah. so I ended up getting one of the pairs of the Union Twos, and I gave Pat my other my other friends and family one. And then I go in there the other day, them shits are like one sixty. Crazy. I said, Fuck yeah, I'm buying these shits. I'm Hell like, yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't want to buy another pair, but I don't know. might as well, bro. I'll I be wearing them shits for real. I feel like I want. I'm gonna try and get those Air Force One West Indies too. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure those are below retail oh, yeah, as I got, well. I got two pairs of those already. Yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm about to get those. But we, I was trying to tell y'all, man, go oh to StockX. It's real up there right now. Yeah, tap, tap in. I'm about to get the Susie Mids, the Wolven Jones. Is shopping a part of your uh, Paris itinerary, Josh? Out there? Uh, I, last time I went to Paris, I... Like, it's tax-free. Yeah, so I might like do the luxury shit because it's just like, you know, but I'm not that pressing on the shopping shit. You got the best because uh, when I went to Barcelona, they didn't have men's stores. It was all women's stores. I'm gonna go check it out though. We'll see. I, like for me, it's like also. That's one to eat way, good. By the way, yeah, that definitely needed one. Yeah, this whole that conversation. For sure. yeah. <laughs> I just want to eat good, man. Shout out to Ben Hundreds. He sent me like a great list of restaurants last time I went out there. He's got a great show. He said he has an updated one, so I'm like, let me tap in. Yeah, he's got a great uh, show. I believe it's on. Uh, it's on Tastemade. Yeah, yeah, big appetite. <laughs> yeah, it's a really shout good out to show. him, Miles. Family style. Family style just passed. I didn't we didn't talk go. about that here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, family style, my favorite festival ever. Um, I just love it, man. Like I just love the intersection of food and 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 streetwear and mm-hmm. clothing and hip hop and yeah. just culture. It's just really dope. Um, dope, How, just group of people that just come out. It's good vibes. I like, love the where it's at. It's yeah, like right in the CBS lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Like you can park at the Grove. You can park on the street. Like I like that. Um, it's just a good vibe, bro. That's like literally my favorite yeah. food festival. And like this year, Karis hit the Moza collab. That shit was massive. Yeah, I saw the um, pictures. The clothing was crazy. The rollout was crazy. Nancy Silverton and fucking Anwar Carrots. That shit is just out of this world. And then, um, and then just the the the, the menu, the food they mm-hmm. had. They had a grilled um a, a patty, oh, a patty melt, a tuna melt. Wow. And then a, a carrot cupcake. This shit was so. Fucking Are those the good. same ones from? No, nah, not last from No, nah, not from last year. So last year he did it with uh, we. We, yeah. This year he did it with uh, Moza. And okay. These shits were out of this world. I'm mad. And then, um, man, it was just dope. Like it was. Who else had some shit out there that was dope? I had oh fucking John and Vinny's did a Dickies collab, and then they did a barbecue chicken pizza. Ooh. Off the hook. Um, Trophies was out there, which is like now moving up the rankings of my favorite burger spot. That might be my Where's favorite. Where's Trophies burger. at? I need to go. Trophies there. is on Fairfax next to Flight Club. Did they replace Shout Golden to State? No, they they replaced a place called Val Burger. I never have been before. I, I never been. I think it's either. a vegan place. Yeah. Sayonara. Um, <laughs> shout out to my dude Gio, um, making a, a great burger. He's been he's worked at a couple of different burger spots in Los Angeles. He finally has his own spot. Yeah. Um, I love it, man. It's just a really good fucking burger. We got it. We got to get Ben on here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Food. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get him on the amp episode. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite people, like working with Ben was just a joy. Like he was just a hilarious dude. Like yeah. always has something funny to say. Uh, I I was mad I wasn't able to go to to Family Style. 
because I actually had to go to a, a, a movie festival last weekend. Oh shit! And I was just seeing movies all last week, that's so singing. it was. Was it, it was horror great. movies? Was yeah, it was all horror movies. Horror movie fest. Yeah, come on, man. Beyond I, fest. That's the thing. I, do you be staying up throughout the whole thing? You don't be still falling asleep? No. I, I guess because I'll be smoking. And, and, <laughs> I, don't know. I can't. You fell asleep at WrestleMania. <laughs> it was loud ass WrestleMania. You did? <laughs> shit was a little boring. You did? Yeah. I felt a quick little. Quick when did little, he fall asleep? Who like, fight was like it? It was, like, it was the. It was, no, it was one time. I knew it was the girls fighting. <laughs> Not Bianca. Which Becky. was actually a good fight. Yeah, there's I was. No kinda, way you fell asleep during Bianca. You, but you had smoked no so much yeah. before that, though. It was just a good little fight, and I'm like, uh, like it's just. Oh, you know, I, I fell asleep at the, the Rams game once. The finesse we had to do to smoke in Dallas was insane. That win was like none other. Man, <laughs> shit was crazy. Shout out to Dallas, though. But yeah, no, I stayed up for most of us. I saw Halloween Ends, the premiere. It was like the actual premiere of the new oh, Halloween okay. Ends. So, like, that was pretty cool. <clears throat> and it was cool because I've always seen these. How the, many consecutive hours is that, though? I'm like, I just cannot do that. Like, I didn't do It wasn't consecutive this uh, year. The first year I went, I saw, I, what did I see? I saw Black Christmas, Halloween 78, and then the new Halloween 2018 all in one in one day. So, it was like a seven-hour seven hour day. I fell asleep during Halloween one, like the seventy eight okay. version, right, because yeah. I had seen it so many times. Like yeah. I was, I need a rest before I watch the new one. Then last year I did Freddy vs Jason, Evil Dead, and one more. I forgot what it, it gives was. me anxiety thinking about watching all those movies back to back. Like I was just like, oh my god, that's like a task. I, I, I can't I even gonna... sleep. You're getting scared. I just sleep every minute. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be so screwed when five took after we did Black Print um, in L A two weeks ago. He took me out to see Smile. I oh, man, I want to see he that. Didn't, he didn't tell. I saw it last he night. didn't tell. I didn't know what Smile was until we actually got there, and I was like, "Wait, we're watching a horror film right now." I don't do horror films, so I was bugging out. I, was, <laughs> I thought I'd be like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna be jumping out the seat," but it wasn't that bad. I was not that scared. I only had two two jumping moments. That's really it. It was good though. It was good. It's real good. I might I might yeah. check it out tonight. Smile is really dope. I think that. Um, they play a little fast and loose with like suicide in it, and I was kind of like, it's uh, kind of mm. crazy, but it's a really good movie. It's long as shit, though. I feel like I just watched Dahmer, so I'm like, I watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was real horror, nigga. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> crazy guy. <laughs> but no, I, I saw I saw I saw VHS 99. VHS is a is a is a pretty good series of movies. Halloween ends, and I saw what did I see the the week before. I saw Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser. Uh, oh, okay, I have seen that. Hellraiser used to scare me as a child. That was like that one, was my like that was my thing. I was like, yo, I can't fuck with this thing. Yeah, this this new Pins one in is, his face. I was really scared of that. <laughs> it's, it's I a, had dreams of like toothpicks in my face. <laughs> Shit, crazy. The fuck is this thing going on? I, I would say if you didn't fuck with that, you would probably hate this one too. It, it is, it's just this kind of gory and kind of like kind of crazy. I remember having vivid dreams as a child of toothpicks, a pinhead? toothpicks stuck oh, in yeah, my toothpicks. face because of that movie. That's just acupuncture, bro. Yeah, nah, I've gotten acupuncture a few times. I'm, I'm, I'm it's not cool. I prefer cupping. We got to hit the... We got to hit the... Niggas ain't getting their back cup. I'm sorry. Gosh, please, please. No, sir. Please. Niggas not on that. Right. It's not a pause word. It's not a pause. It's Josh Squeeze. That's a woman this doing it. This is Josh. It's women doing it. It's For me, at least. <laughs> not, that it's not that it matters. If it was a guy doing it, it'd be fine. The wine is flowing, bro. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, we gotta hit that. We gotta hit the. We gotta hit Beyond Fest. It's really, it's a like really a dope atmosphere. It's, it's, it's like a lot of different movies. Like they don't just do horror, but it's a lot of different like off the wall sci fi shit like that. Like it's mm. real, it's real cool. Like and then sometimes they'll have like the the directors come in and do Q and A's and stuff like that. It's pretty, yeah. pretty dope. I've been to a couple. Like I've seen like a little film festival Q and A with the director type thing. I don't mind that. Did cool. you, would you ask a question? Um, I would. Yeah, I would. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying for asking a question. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of things we watch, a week and a half ago, Josh said, "Hey, man, I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching a James Bond movie. Yeah, the one with the niggas. Yeah, living let die. <laughs> living let die. I still ain't finished. It's funny. I ain't finished it yet. But that's James Bond movies are long as shit. Yeah, they are. But I'm not mad at it. James Bond funny. <laughs> Funny. That's funny. a funny ass episode. That's low key. Like, if niggas revisit that, they're gonna find a lot of racist moments in there. A hundred percent. The thing that I fuck with about Live or Let Die is that is how like how crazily black it is, but also like kind of racist. It's oh, like, it's very racist. Like it just, connects us to voodoo and Yeah. Even just <laughs> Oh, that's the one with Baron Sam die in it? Uh Baron Sam die, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Baron yep, Sam die, yep, yeah. Yeah, he was good in that. The guy with the hat. Yeah, yeah, he was good in that. That's a scary nigga. I'm shocked you weren't scared of that nigga. Yeah, he was looking a little scary. <laughs> yeah, he like, had some. He did some shit. Where he like had some shit on his face. Like he had a mask. What he looked like on an um, what was he, crazy. <laughs> what he looked like on a uh, Goldeneye. That was his look on Goldeneye. Yeah, the yep, game. Yep. Yeah, he was like the tallest nigga, and it was dumb in Goldeneye because you could shoot his hat, and it would be like you could shoot him in the head because that's how ghetto mm. the game was back in the day. Man. But that movie and James Bond movies in general are just like the most. They're like escapist movies because it's like the man has all the power in these movies. So it's like hey, the he, women yeah, have. He was swagging. He was <laughs> coming in doing swaggy shit. <laughs> he was like sixty five years old when he when he yeah. when he filmed that. But he was fucking on black women that was like twenty five. Yeah. And it was like I'm like bro, the power fantasy of James Bond is crazy. Just from the fact that he's got all these guns, cars, hoes. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, I hate to make it a racial thing. That that one was very. They yeah, but he be fucking on all type of hoes. He he does. Yeah. I'm just saying. But <laughs> and that was, one too. But. It was the first time I think like that he was like because like he yeah that her. was like the James Bond black exploitation. Yeah, thing. well, yeah. And, and that's why I fuck with it because it it's, it's very black exploitation. They their first first fucking scene is in Harlem. Like yeah. fuck out of here. Like that shit. Yeah, the Harlem scenes are funny too because it's like this is straight pimps. Everybody's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like damn, it's just different type of pimps. <laughs> New York to. <laughs> but had you ever seen any movies before that like were you into that before because like this is kind of my Bambers. brother is a big james bond fan okay so he used to always watch that shit now, i love goldeneye like i'm waiting yeah. for the re-release That's yeah coming. i'm on that yeah like, super on that but um i never really like i i, I like I don't, like it was cool like i don't i'm not a big action movie fan now, i've just became recently like yeah. like i've been watching like jack ryan and shit like that Niggas <laughs> watching jack ryan jack ryan's great uh, i'm sorry <laughs> that's just fire and like John Wick, I went back and watched. Wait, that. you had never seen John Wick? I had never seen it. Then I went back and watched it. I'm like, oh, this is some shit I could find. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all about a dog. Yeah, it's dog. I love dogs. Yeah, it's all yeah. about his dog. Yeah. Which was your favorite one so far? Have you seen them all? Uh, I haven't seen them all, but I mean, shit, the first one. Then again, yeah. Part two is better. Okay, all right. Part yeah, two a, is. I gotta just like binge them all and just kind of like. Now that's the that's now that's that gives me anxiety. That's a lot of death. Hey. <laughs> he kills like 125 people in the in the second one. I mean, shit. Well, it's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> it's different. That's the real Dahmer right there, nigga. Like, yeah, he, he killed mad niggas on that shit. Is. But one of the biggest uh, conversations surrounding James Bond, Daniel Craig just ended his his role as yeah. James Bond a year ago. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, we want a black person. Was it, is, it, is it gonna be Idris Elba? No. Oh, because he was like the voice for fucking. Oh, it's a woman, isn't it? No, it's not a woman. Oh, I there was so. a there's a woman equivalent of him in the last movie, and uh, everyone was like, "Oh, she's dope," but she literally has nothing to do in the movie. So who's the next James Bond? No one knows, but people wanted to be a black person. It's not gonna be Idris. No. Why not? What I just seen him. He was like the the narrator for like this shit I was watching on Netflix called like Human Playground. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing narrating this? He, he does a lot of shit. He's super rapping. super British accent. He's rapping like too. putting it on hard. I'm like nigga, use your wire accent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark also still have, has not seen The Wire, by the way. Oh, man. 
No, I have not completed. Uh, I have not completed the wire as of yet. I think I'm on season one, episode two. How does it keep falling into your on, on your on your list of things to watch? How far has it fallen? How, how does it keep falling? Oh, how does it keep falling? Just brand new things come up right now, man. I'm I'm in my I'm in my little trio that I have right now. I'm I'm alternating in between Rami, Atlanta, and Abbott Elementary. Pretty good trio right now, but I still have a decent list of things that I need to watch. You could watch that shit without having to watch. Some of these shows are weekly. You could watch it between yeah, the week. But yeah, but I don't catch them weekly. I watch wrestling. Bro, bro wrestling only comes on twice. I watch wrestling. You ain't watching Dynamite. <laughs> I, I, I might I might peruse. Oh, NBA coming back, so you're not watching none of that shit no more. So another thing that we that we saw over the week, the house party trailer came out. This is this movie's been pushed back like a yeah. year, like a lot. Oh yeah, I was and, and then I saw the trailer and I was like, what the fuck? This shit look good. I'm excited. I see I'm I'm excited for it. It looked like it looked like a good not I hate to call it corny, but it looked like a good like it's a good movie. It could have been I feel like it it could have been called something else. No, nah, but it's like still it's It's the, not house party to me. It is house party. It feels different to me. If it don't feel, I like mean, house that's party. how movies should feel. Like what you want it to be. Like look at the the, the Halloween ends and I, all this I, shit. Well, they no, feel where's different. my thing? They're not trying to. They feel different, don't it. they? <laughs> they don't. They feel the same. It don't feel like house party, bro. Oh man, so it, I, it I don't feel, feel like, like house party. bro. I feel like niggas have a, a more critical eye for black content. That's not true. I, let's compare it to that's, Halloween. That's Do the Halloweens feel the same or are they different? A lot of people don't like this Halloween. Do you think it feels the same or is it different? It's, it is different. All right, you like it? The new Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. All right, but you it's might, not you trying might like house party. To, but it's not. No, no. That's that. But that wasn't an argument. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yo, Josh tried that gotcha real. It wasn't. It was, right he, he thought he. Josh, Josh put his fist in the air. And that got made him. no sense. Everyone is gonna listen to this. Is gonna be like, they're gonna be like, what? Got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that would be like if they remade Halloween and didn't put Michael Myers or the the, the it's 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 still a slasher. Kid movie. and play in that motherfucker. This not, but it has nothing. Like, here's my thing. It don't feel like the the same the same movie to me. I feel like it. Could, I'm not saying it's not gonna. I feel, feel like movie. I, I feel like it's equivalent to like what fucking uh what's the shit called? How, not House Party, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I ain't like that either. But it, it, it feels you ain't like it either. Yeah, <laughs> but I have higher hopes for this, and, and and a lot of people enjoy Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Hey, People love it. They wait on, the man. second season. People enjoyed that shit. I can't front. They enjoyed. They enjoyed making fun of it. Yeah, yes. I think people. No, people really told me they enjoyed it. They watched it through. Who? Oh, it's, we can go look at the online. Oh, you people. said no. You said people told you. Oh, you people, said, no, no. I've spoken to people. I don't want to put their names out there. I've spoken to people who enjoyed it. Like Josh, you don't got to get. Listen, man, we, we don't got to get defensive over House Party. I'm just saying. I'm not. I, I haven't think House seen Party it based I, on the trailer that I've watched. I've seen a lot. Well, you know, let I'm, me let, and let me pre- let me preface finish, this. Finish let me preface this. Sorry. Let me preface this. House Party is one of my favorite movies of all time. So you could understand how I'm oh, a yeah. little bit def- like not defensive, but a little bit. Uh, harsher yeah. on it than I would be about White Man Can't Jump. I no. don't like. I don't. I don't I'm care. Not a, I'm not the biggest House Party fan. It's a cool movie. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of critiques online about it, and I'm just like, eh, it looks cool to me. I like the LeBron shit. The LeBron shit was great. I, I feel know. like that was a way for LeBron to get in a movie he could cuss. I liked it. He I, wanted to get in a movie where he could say shit and motherfucker and nigga. Yeah, come on. LeBron is a nigga, bro. Have like, you ever heard LeBron say nigga? Yeah, he be rapping it. And I think he no, said, he, no, he, he said like, that conversation <laughs> on the shop. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah LeBron yeah. got LeBron got his niggas off. I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm just asking a question. If we, if we have seen, nah, I think LeBron, LeBron is funny, man. I love this this part of LeBron's career. I love it, man. I, th- I think, and the, and the thing is, is this like the original, the original house party had no plot. Let me, let me just be clear. Yeah. It had no plot. 
I was I was like, you know what? For House Party to succeed to me, I was like, we don't need too many frills and, and spills and chills. When the nigga said, I got I need 10K for my daughter, I said, what are we doing? He need 10K for his daughter. What? How are we doing this? That's- but it feels like, one thing I will say about it, it feels like it's taking in different elements of House Party, which is part two, they needed money for kids, yeah. college. Part three, they had the they had the uh, the marriage, the, the and, bachelor party shit. Like, And I think we're just in the day and age where you're not going to get no... Um, well, I don't know. You might, but it's like a, a a movie about nothing is hard to come by. I, I would I would argue that a lot of the Marvel movies are about nothing. But I yes, mean, but yes. yeah, but that's Marvel. It's like it's, it comes with some IP. Like it's 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 hard. Like even for someone like fucking, I was just listening to, to Ice Cube, and we're gonna touch on him a little later. It was, he was talking about how it's hard. Like the the studio, I forget what studio that owns Friday now. Yeah, New Light Cinema. They kept rejecting the scripts for the next Friday because it was about nothing. I, I don't know if it's about nothing or not, yeah. but Friday's about nothing. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it, so, essentially, it is a movie Friday about is a black ass version of like Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's just a day about nothing. But but I looked at I looked at it and I said, okay, and maybe I got to see the movie. I haven't seen it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just giving you my thoughts. On no, the but I, I I saw the trailer. And I heard so many. Well, look, I heard some bad reviews leading up to it. Like people I saw test screenings and mm-hmm. things like that, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And then it got can push back, yeah. so it kind of left a bad and we connotation it, in my mind. And we thought it wasn't it was coming. Gonna, at yeah, all. I thought it wasn't coming. I was <laughs> yeah. like, damn. And now I saw the trailer. I'm like, what the fuck is everybody tripping off of? This is going to be good. I think the trailer is just not a good trailer. Maybe uh, the movie has a little bit more heart. See, but maybe the trailer is for niggas like me who, no, don't, need, who no. don't know good trailers. Because no, no. I was just like, I, I really, I looked at the trailer. The trailer's not the movie, Josh. I was like, this is a good trailer. The trailer's not the movie. The movie, because the thing is, is that, the, like, let's go back to another example Halloween Ends. The trailer is nothing like how the movie is. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, tra- the movie is actually completely 180 from what the trailer is. So maybe the trailer just wasn't a good trailer. But the movie could be better. I could come around on it if the movie's good. But the trailer, I was like, this just seemed like. That's why I don't be watching trailers. This, <laughs> I really don't like. I st- I, I, only time I, I watch trailers is at the movie theater. Yeah, but I don't like go and watch trailers and the, on, on the, YouTube online? and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like was really conscious about that. And um, and this is why. But this is a this is a, I wouldn't even say House Party is like an IP because it's not like an IP that like sur- that survived past like ninety five. But like I feel like people are very defensive about this. Oh yeah, especially absolutely. like my age, people that seen it yeah. when they were when they were younger. So you got it. You got to feel we it. We put the dance in there for y'all. They we put the little leg <laughs> dance and shit. That did it. <laughs> One thing I will say that's good because Josh, you are not you're not giving any inch on on. I just on, enjoyed on, it. I enjoyed the trailer, bro. But, I was but like, you got to understand good. where I would come from. Where it's just like, yo, like this had. The, the clothes and that's one thing I will say about it. The clothes I saw neighbor skate shop. He oh was yeah, wearing a neighbor skate shop shirt. I, I see. That was it's dope. funny. I love the neighbor skate shop, but the fit was terrible. The fit is to, with the who, with who the blazer. Who that? That who's? <laughs> hey, the fit was terrible. But I, that's the thing. Like you need shit like that in movies to just like. You, but but kid and play was fresh. Back in the day, I guess you're right. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. They, yeah. like I saw, I saw the nigga in a whole Palm Angels. Outfit. I mean, I'm like, that's not, just... that's not fresh. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, but that's fresh to niggas in fucking Kansas the City. The, Kansas City, yeah. This house party. I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. You're right. This house party. What you saying? House party is I'm just a saying, LA movie. That shit, but that shit's just fresh to niggas who don't know better. That's just still fresh to niggas. I'm not, man, it's fresh to niggas in LA. It's niggas in LA especially wearing Palm kids, Angels. Especially kids. Half yeah. the niggas in LA. No, I'm telling you right now. LA. High school kids. If you put a Palm Angels fit in front of them, they're going to rock that motherfucker. Little baby still... I'm, no, I'm dead serious. We are on some other shit. We're a little older. Okay. Some high school kids from LA. Yeah. 
is on some Palm Angels. But these niggas is not from these niggas is not high school kids. I'm just this is what shit's for. It's for eighteen to twenty four. Listen, if y'all wanted a five minute dissection of the house party, trailer. I'm just saying. This is, I'm just giving you no. I'm giving you the business of it. This yes. movie is for eighteen to twenty four year olds. And it's no, it's not fully for eighteen to twenty. 18, okay, let's say eighteen like, to thirty four. Okay. Eighteen to thirty four. All right, it's not fully because the thing so, is those kids don't 18, give a fuck about house party. So eighteen to thirty four, they don't. They don't even know what the fuck house party is. This is they don't even call it house party part two and then this is house yeah. party. This is gonna yeah. be new to them. They're like, oh shit, house party. They got me yeah. house party. I'm just. Just glad mm-hmm. that it's coming out because yeah. we didn't even know if it was gonna happen. Oh, I'm and super happy it's coming out. I'm actually, yeah, I'm about to. I'm, is, is it in theaters? I don't think so. I didn't. I think it is in theaters. It will be. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. I think that was what the push and pull was. That was supposed to be on HBO. Yeah. And then it went, yeah. Well, and 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 again, you know, the the premises or LeBron's house this time. I, I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't mind it because that's what they would have did in a house party movie. They would have did some shit like that and made some money off of it. Yeah. I just thought the tone was just kind of like it was. It, it just didn't feel right to me. And maybe that's just a trailer. You know no, I'm I feel you. I, maybe I, it's just a trailer. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Maybe we do some uh, uh, a black print uh, live movie watch. night. Yeah, <laughs> go and see it and, and talk and about it. Talk, after. The thing is though, the thing is though, is, is that I'm not trying to be harsh on it because. I watch a lot of movies yeah, a year, yeah, yeah, and no, I know, yeah. and but I'm I'm not judging this to the same level I would judge Halloween ends or something like that. I'm gonna uh, judge it, and because the, the thing is, I take offense to you saying that gotcha. I judge. <laughs> <laughs> I take offense to, to you saying that I'm harsher on black comedy because no. I like some dumb shit. No, I, and I, I, I watch some but you, dumb you, shit. No, but you made your point. You said you're a big fan of the House Party franchise, 100%. so you're just gonna be a harsher critic, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I also feel like. In general, in public, people are a lot more harsher on black well, content, especially black remakes and things like that. Like coming to America too. That movie was come on. It was bad. Yeah, okay. It was bad. <laughs> but I'm about to say. But but I think I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like people are a lot more harsher on black content. Well, well, I'll, I'll in I'll, general, it's just not even just black content in general. I'll take that and I'll raise you this: there aren't a lot of comedies that come out anymore. Period. Yeah, yeah. So for this to survive right now. A lot of stuff. There was another. There was another comedy that came out a, like a month ago. The um, b- uh, Bros or whatever. The, it was like the about the oh yeah the, the gay relationship. Yeah. And people were like, "Well, you just don't fuck with it because it was gay people." I was like, I, "I don't. I just don't think people go see comedy movies anymore. They they just don't." And plus, the the trailer to me what was like. A lot of people didn't like the main character, like the guy who plays the main character of the show. And I was like, "It's it just look annoying. It didn't look funny. It just looked mm. annoying to me. Like I fuck with it if it's." If it's funny, if it's but good, yeah. yeah, but like people you. just don't see comedy, and like, I feel you. Because remember, we had an age where we had super bad, knocked up, a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. We're not, now, we're not getting good comedies. We don't get good comedies. Yeah. You know why? Because everyone goes online for their jokes. Hey, I've been, <laughs> speaking of good comedies, I've been watching uh, Atlanta. Hey. They crushing it, man. I'm sorry. They crushing it. I'm sorry. This past episode was hilarious. This past episode was hilarious. Yeah, that we can talk like about like a one-two era of Atlanta. Honestly, that that's going. We're gonna talk about that on Patreon because I got some shit that I can't say on public. <laughs> that shit, about about that episode. Crushing it. About that yeah, episode? about the episode. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> They're killing it. They're killing now, it right if now. If you haven't watched it five, you gotta watch it. It's de- yeah. if you if you want old era of Atlanta, this past episode is really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, look at uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Bro. Move, moving on. We got to We have to. I, I want to get through this next topic with the least amount of. We're going to slide through this topic. I'm, yeah. I'm, because. We're going to get through this quick. Yeah. Because I don't want to. You know, I, me and Mark had a conversation. I, I fuck a conversation. It's a, I honestly like. It's, it's just not for me. People aren't. Well, let's 
I'll introduce it. I'll introduce yeah. it. So, yay. That's all you need to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, yay. There's been a lot of things that have happened in the last two weeks. Since yeah, fucking the last 24 hours. Yeah, since we've done this. Um, mm-hmm. We have thoughts, obviously, on it. A lot of it. And prayers. I have more <laughs> prayers than thoughts, honestly. I, I do as well. I think that even if I don't care to see the guy anymore or, or whatever, I will hope that whenever this comes down or happens, he gets some help. But White Lives Matter shirt happens. He wears it at his... I think this happened like days after we had recorded. Yeah. Um, it was at his fashion show. Been countless tweets. He got kicked off of Instagram, I believe. It's it's tough to timeline all of this stuff. I might miss stuff. But let's sticking on the White Lives Matter, it's, Virgil stuff. The, yeah, this shit's just all stupid. That's like, where it kind of broke down, right? It, for me, it's just... This is a mental health issue, and let's let's treat it as that. Like let's let's get him help. Like this is literally someone having a mental breakdown in our face, and when he finally gets help, we're all gonna look back at this and be like, "We watched this live, and, and we're gonna have a different." Part. And it's scary, and we're gonna have a little more empathy towards it. And um, you know, I just hope he just gets help, man. I think the the, the shirt was in bad taste. I think. He doesn't really know why he did it, and you he know, can't even explain he, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's like, "Oh, he's this is calculated. He's doing this on purpose. He's he got something to sell." And I'm like, "No, this isn't calculated. This is all erratic behavior." Yeah, I think if he, when you look at him in interviews, he's that Tucker Tucker Carson. Carson yeah, what's his name Tucker Carson. I should I should know him. <laughs> why should you know him? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I, like this, I, like this, I should I like to see both sides, um, but honestly, but um, he did Not Tucker Carlson, and. It, just the way he was talking throughout that is like he he didn't even have thoughts to give. Like he's like pausing and trying to when formulate you are, the thoughts. When you are the craziest person on a Tucker Carlson interview, it was crazy, right? Then you <laughs> then you have like even Tucker was like, yeah, this nigga's wild. Yeah, he no, said that's what I'm saying like, <laughs> and he said niggas. Like it just it it just shows that he's just not in the right state. And you know, even if he has some type of opinion, he's not in the right state to even to address ad- that. Yeah, opinion. he's not there. Like, he's he is. Obviously, there there was yeah. stuff about anti-Semitism. Uh, yeah, and then it's just like that. It's just like even that, which again is a is a is a can of worms that like we have. I feel like my thing is this, right? We have so many more boogeymen in the world in than our Kanye lives. West. Yeah, than, than Kanye West, yeah. right? So that's why I'm like, he needs help. We shouldn't even <laughs> yeah, give him like, that attention. Like we that. have we have people who are actively trying to take away our rights. We have still the fear and, and the, the actual reality of what goes on that he don't have to deal with yep. at all. When we get in our cars every day and go to work, when we go to a club, when we go to wherever we go to that, he don't even got to worry about. I would rather spend our time trying to fix that shit than trying to fix him. Yeah. I, I Man, I, this is how I feel. We need to treat Kanye West like we treat the homeless people in Los Angeles. <laughs> Call three one one. Yeah, we need like how we all feel like they need help. And, oh, we need to we need to build shelters and yeah. housing and get yeah. them help. Like yeah. we don't need to put them in jail. We need to get them help. Mm-hmm. That's how we need to treat Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West is the crazy person standing on the street screaming. He just got more nigger money. move on like that. You know, you've seen the threats. Like we need yeah. to get her help. Like yeah. we need to get him help. And I think that's really what we need to how we need to treat him and. It's unfortunate that this shit plays out in public just because he is a public figure. Right. But if it wasn't in public, we would be like, yo, like, we would let's we would have we we'll would put him have, in the hospital. We would have already done that or just completely detached from him. Yeah. And that's my thought is like, I haven't listened to a Kanye album in years. Yeah. And and and, and, and I wouldn't even go that far. I think, you know, when he put out the Dondas, he was making he was doing something interesting. And we and you know, even the casual hip hop fan might have listened. Yeah. But I think we're even so far past that 
it's just like, man, he's just like, we need him to like really, we need help. Go sit down. We need help. And and I think another element to this where it all broke down because he's been wilding for the past month and yeah. we've been kind of ignoring him. Yeah. The Virgil thing. The Virgil, I think that's when it starts to like, I think he's at a point where he's like, it's with crazy people. What's the craziest thing I could say? Yeah. And he got, he's <laughs> saying more crazier stuff. Like, so it started with, um, <clears throat> he believes that uh, LVMH killed Virgil. And even that, it's like, I see, I see what he's trying to say. The work killed him. The stress of the work and the but that's stress not what of, he said. But that's what he's trying. Like not to say I can see what he's trying to say, but in other interviews, he's had multiple interviews. Yeah, where he has. said it, and he said it in different ways. Yeah, and in one interview, he kind of explained it like that, and it's like, uh, okay. But that's what that's what he'll do is that he'll say the wild shit, stand on it, stand on business, so yeah. to speak, and then back down. And Tucker, he back. That's when he backed down on the Tucker interview, and I've only seen clips of that. Yeah. And there's actually stuff that they didn't show in that. Yeah. It was even worse. The leak, yeah, it's just like that was worse. But I mean, it's just him saying. But what do you crazy. feel about? Him, what the he Virgil, had to say about Virgil. The Virgil stuff is whack, and I think it's it's super whack because you know Virgil is one of those guys who like you know he when he was everybody. alive, he 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 loved everyone. He showed love like I've never heard anyone have a bad story about Virgil. Right. So when he was alive and he was making his art, yeah, we everyone critiqued. I was a critique of Virgil stuff. Yeah. Now that he's passed away, I understand the magnitude of what his work means to the culture, mm-hmm. and it's like I those. Critiquing feelings I had, I can't even have those in myself anymore. Yeah, and I feel like someone's Kanye who's close to him. Yeah, it's like nigga, that's your brother. You you've seen it. You know more than me why it was happening. You should have mm-hmm. no critique for this guy. Yeah. Like he came from the same shit you came from, and even if you feel a ping of jealousy because you want to be there, you're Kanye West. You can't be there. You you building your own. You yeah. you doing shit that he might feel a ping. Nigga, you was Kanye West. You think I, he wasn't jealous of that? I, I look at it like <laughs> I look at it like Vir, like Kanye could never be Virgil, just like Virgil could never be Kanye. Exactly. And that's why they had their own lane. Yeah, and, and that's why they were dope. And, yeah. and it sucks that two people who were so dope, the culture who came from the same lineage, from your lineage, yeah. nigga. Yeah. You it's your lineage. You you can't have admiration and you talking down i think i think that sours his lineage to to show that he had that type of hatred for like also not hatred but jealousy towards that but also i look at it as a twofold when kanye way god forbid passes but Mm -hmm. everyone does Mm -hmm. we're gonna look at all this shit and be like man look at the genius of this guy we're not gonna be on we're not gonna we i think it's going we're gonna say this is he was going through a mental breakdown i think it's complicated I'm telling you, that's, bro. Yeah, it's going to be complicated. It's complicated. Because he has... The, the thing is, though, Josh, as much as people love him, he's hurt a lot of people with what he said. I feel you, but I'm telling you, bro. They're going to look at the last portion of... Whatever it is, they're going to be like, he was going through... They do that now, though. They're going to be like, he was going through... They say the old Kanye. They're going to be like, he's going through an era, and... He's gonna clean it up, and they're gonna be like, "Oh!" But he his, gonna, when he passed away, bro, I'm telling you, this is just gonna be I'm, an I'm era not, of time of Kanye West's life that people are gonna be like, I, "Oh, we don't." I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting that people. Are, some people are gonna look at it that way. Yeah. But you already have people saying, "Oh, I miss the old Kanye," and they're already cutting his. They're cutting his achievements off at 2010, yeah. and then they're like, "I think it's so crazy." On. He should have said before. He should have said this before the Netflix shit came out. <laughs> Niggas loved you after that shit. Exactly. <laughs> it was the, it all the, was the Drake concert. It was a Drake concert, and then, the and then the uh, and then the uh, and then the, the documentary, and it was like, damn, he really needs help, and then he just didn't hey, stop. Hold on one second. I just want the world to know how big of a part Amazon playing in that Drake concert is. <laughs> we showed that to the world. Like, y'all would have seen that. That would have just been a concert in Los Angeles that people have seen iPhone clips of and, and if that, it wasn't for Amazon. And Shout that, to, to me, and that, to me, Josh, is probably going to be, I think, the last real moment he had with fans. Because a lot of those fans, 
are like after this whole shit, they're done. Yeah. A lot of people are done, and it gets even deeper than that. And I know we said we were gonna kind of try and speed breeze past it, but we gotta talk about this too. Goes on Drink Champs. I haven't watched it yet. I'm gonna watch it though. I'm really, I can't wait to watch that. Goes on Drink. I honestly Champs. don't even think you can. I think it's. I th- they took it down. Uh, oh, they took it down already. Yeah. By, by the time we hear this, it might be back up, but right now it's off YouTube. I think you can only watch it through Revolt. It's coming on Revolt later tonight, but I, yeah. I've heard they might not make it available to replay um, because of the anti-Semitism shit that he yeah. does. They do not, they do not, they they stand on it and the George Floyd thing that he said. The George Floyd clip I saw, I'm just like, bro, you can let that shit brainwash you. I seen somebody, uh, a friend of mine sent that, like, oh, see, the media. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> they, like, He bro, said what? that he got hit with the fent, the fentanyl. <laughs> And his knee wasn't even on his fucking neck like yeah, that. Yeah, Kanye West, you crazy, bro. You march. So you, you march with him. For? Yeah. You Niggas, saw it. Yeah, Kanye. But I'm telling y'all, man, this nigga is going crazy in front of our faces. I see people say Even when is- he's talking, like, I, I haven't watched the, 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 I'm sorry, cut you off. I haven't watched the Norris shit. But when he's talking, he be searching for the thoughts. Like, you can <laughs> see the spaciness in his face. Like, yeah. how y'all don't see this as someone crying for help? But but the thing is, is like, I, and, and I'm not a mental health professional. You know what I'm saying? I don't know either. how I don't know how bad it is when someone's off their meds for as long as he may. I have don't been. even know I don't off know. meds, on meds. What yeah, has like, he ever been on meds? This is just well, a amalgamation of never being on motherfuckers. Yeah, I think that is Honestly, too. That's like, what it is too, and yeah. it's concerning. I wasn't so much offended as I was really like concerned, and I was just like, I've been done since he would look. Like, he was with Trump, looking like a golden lord with the blonde <laughs> hair. I've been done since that, and then it just continues and continues. It's like it's like okay. If this is the straw that breaks the camel's back and this is where people are done with, what's next? I mean, J.P. Morgan taking the money away and all this stuff. That, that to me, is just window dressing on the bigger issue. Yeah, I'm like, well, what's the real reason why? Yeah, like... Because like, I'm just like... Eh. And but again, it's just like, man, like... I'm but I'm just, not going to get caught up in that bullshit. But look at him. He, yeah, exactly. The nigga ain't shaved. He fat. <laughs> like, the nigga is letting himself uh, go. And we need to put our arms around him and help. I'm not him. putting shit around him. We need to, hey, his not, kids need to go I'm put not. his arm around I'm, him. We need to cut his mic off <laughs> and protect Kanye West and get him some help. He not no brother. I, he not no brother to me. Like he he can go. Hey, he got man. a family. He got a family that loves. I know. Him. I know. I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, as as an individual, and you know wherever you listen to this at, you ain't probably gotta do nothing. But I think he needs help and protection and. Mental, uh, but that come with his health. yes, man. That come with his yes, people that they keep telling him it's okay to do shit like this. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Not, ain't nobody grabbing this nigga. He nigga. shows texts of his dad laughing. You know, it'd be crazy to me out. <laughs> Justin LeBoy just be posting memes all day. <laughs> <laughs> like, he don't damn, say shit about this. This shit crazy, man. <laughs> he needs to post some memes. Help you, your crazy friend. No, he's not. You know why you're not going to? Because there's too many people in this world that are very happy with just riding the wave. And being in the cart yeah. and, and nah, being and, around and, it. And, and yeah, I don't even want to get into all that because that's the semantics of it. But yo, just help Kanye West, please. I really just don't want this to be an, an, an excuse for accountability. I think removing accountability because of a lot of these situations ends up being a troublesome part, which is probably why we have these situations repeating themselves again. And honestly, I don't even want to talk about this like it with, with like a with like a, a sad or a somber note on my like. I'm I'm literally just laughing at this. I'm literally just laughing. Yeah, at I'm this laughing at, at it, but then I'm also like. I think you, the accountability part is interesting because it's like, do we give accountability to the crazy people in the world, the people screaming on the corners? Um, we what? Wait, do we give them? Or accountability? What, what accountability do, 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 do they we take, hold do them they to? They take that. What hold, accountability do we hold them to? 
They don't. They're not they worth a billion dollars. With millions of views. They don't. Yeah. They don't influence children. Hey. <laughs> they don't influence have kids. They, have they dropped classic? Have they dropped classic albums that omit them? Some from of them have different things. Who is on the streets of dropping? <laughs> Nigga, you know it's some it's some motherfuckers that was up and that's down and out right now in the streets. Oh, damn, let me go. Let me go outside and see if Jay Holiday's around the corner. Nigga, <laughs> he might be. Life Jennings. Why, let me go. Why Jay no, Holiday? Life Jennings is definitely on Instagram talking about how how yeah, how for Dahmer was. That's sus. I'm sorry. I don't know why he said that one though. You sang for the, Jeffrey the Dahmer? The fans couldn't have got that that's out of me. Weird. That's hell, so weird. Hell no. But no, yeah. like. That's crazy. Jeffrey. Life Jennings might. See? Never what? Mind. That's a Patreon topic. <laughs> like, to, to risk to risk us sounding like Sweet Life LA too much about accountability and holding your friends accountable. Accountability is these the biggest. Niggas, hey. <laughs> these niggas on the street are not being like, all right, kids. <laughs> you know what I'm nah, saying? I They're think, not doing that thing with Kanye is that. And, and where it breaks down is that he actually is a role model, and I no, think that right, there was right. a long there was a long period of time he might have been your role model, he might have been my role model, he might have been MC's role model. We want to say, yo, what he's doing is awesome. And then somewhere along the, along the lines, everyone says when his mom passed, I don't know. He might it might have been before that because the mental mental health is always the it's always creeping behind you at, at one point. You know what I'm saying? Depression, you know, all of that stuff is always there. It's always present. We don't know. We just don't know when, what, what the trigger is going to be. Yep. And and I think what with him, it's like, yes, I want this guy to get help, but I don't want to hear this shit no more, bro. Like, yeah. stop inviting him on your fucking shows. Like, like the, the, the shop canceled the interview. I'm like, good for y'all, but uh, some bullshit is that if he hadn't said the anti-Semitic uh, shit, would y'all have still ran that interview? I wonder let, what else he said. I, I'm, I'm, they need to drop that interview. Somebody, it'll leak. leak it. We see pictures. I heard yeah. that. I heard that him and Jeezy was going at it. In That's the what I heard too. I heard. So <laughs> I, I, I want to get the full story because I think that was a very. Um, Jeezy's a smart guy. Yes, yes, <laughs> and that's what we need more of. That. Yeah. I'm not mad at him going on the shop. I'm mad yeah. at them taping it. Jeezy, you need to hit him up. You, you, you he has one of your biggest hits. I mm-hmm. need to talk to this nigga. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. niggas need. That's my thing, bro. It's so many people around him and so many people who profit off of him and, and from his lineage. Mm-hmm. Talk to this man. Yeah. And if he want to block y'all out and don't listen, then cool. But y'all got to at least say it and not like, and just be like, I'm not fucking with him no more. I see a lot of I'm not fucking with him no more. John Legend is the only person that I've seen a lot of actually from did his, it. From his crew, crew, I feel like a lot of people that came from Kanye's loin yeah. are like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with him no more. Online talking about they're not fucking with him yeah. no more. Nah, you need to go and we tell did. him why you're not fucking with him and yeah. why he need to be better. And, and like I said, John Legend is the only nigga that actually did that. Yeah, so he's That's, the only and person. also on top of that, would, would, would you blame Big Sean for taking that chance? Look at how he just embarrassed Big Sean. No, I, I thought they, I thought they, I thought they pieced it up. They did, and it's like, no, you need to go and tell him you're you're being crazy. You need to be better, and that's it. And I, Cut, Cuddy too. Cuddy, Cuddy, and John Legend are the only two niggas that I know that that actually like. They, they that's the thing. Around. I don't even know like the like behind the scenes if people are doing it. They might not. I don't yeah. know, but I'm just like I'm hoping y'all are because it's like I I feel like it's not enough for the people telling him yo you're wrong. Yeah, because because my thing is this like and and again we stand on this way longer than we, than we should. No, but I think of it like. To a lot of kids, rappers really are their their north stars. They're they're you know what I'm yeah. saying like little baby motivates a lot of kids. In no, it's right crazy, now. you man. know what that's, I'm saying. That's so the, like the that's why it's important. Of, yeah, music and pop culture and yeah, no, it is important for these people to be good role models. Yeah, and, and but also I don't know, man. Parent parent your kids, man. A hundred percent. You shouldn't be watching the drink champs with Nori and Kanye. Yeah, you shouldn't even be watching. Drink champs. <laughs> you shouldn't it's be watching that champs. shit. Okay, we, we had a lot of topics to talk about I today. Know. Let's this, pick something to stay. Let's pick, let's pick one to take the B sides, and let's pick one to, to to take us out of here. Do we want to do? Do we want to do the uh, crew league? Because I feel like people got to hear. Oh uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do the crew league. We got to. Okay, so what is crew league? 
Josh. Crewley. Uh, Crewley is and shout out to the dudes who started. I've met them before. I'm blanking on their names right now. Um, but it is the guy. The guys that produce it is the guys from Psycho Films. Okay. Christian and I forget your partner's name, but y'all shout out to y'all. Um, it's a basketball tournament. We're rappers. It's the greatest fucking concept. It's like it goes hand in hand. Every rapper thinks they can hoop. Right. They be hooping. They be hooping yeah. in the studio. I've watched Thug play Future. Pro, future, yeah. Yeah, G Herbo. <laughs> then, then now they to the point where Drake, they actually hooping or they have like a pro am thing. Yeah, in his they're house. practicing yeah. with trainers though. And, yeah. And really like practicing with the trainers that the NBA guys use and like <laughs> using the NBA moves and and crew league is just a good uh you know, a good vehicle for that concept. Um this is the second season, I believe. Second or third season. This season, you got uh, Nardo Wick is playing with his team. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, uh, he's playing 21 Savage. There's a Jordan Lucas versus Waka Flocka. And then um, who's the other game? Uh, you had uh, Babyface Ray versus uh, NLE and, Chopper. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, <laughs> that was actually a really good one. And then uh, I think the next game is... Uh, Quavo and Roddy Rich. Quavo and Roddy Rich, which Quavo damn near need to be in the league. He, he Quavo needs- has a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> takes it really, Quavo takes it really serious. Yeah, yeah. He shows up in the in the Nardo Wick episode to scout. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? Just walk what? in, just watching. I'm like, wait, what? This ain't a real NBA game, yeah. Quavo. But they, they are in Atlanta. So and actually, NLE Chopper used to hoop too. Dude, this is his second year playing. He lost. He lost to, to Babyface Ray. Okay. But he's actually good. But I'm surprised he lost. But Babyface Ray just has some hoop. Babyface Ray has some Detroit hoopers on his team. <laughs> and Detroit has a good hoop scene. So, like, he has some some dudes. I wonder how they pay, how the payout works here. Like, do the rappers get paid or the crew gets paid? Like, I wonder how that works. I think works. the rappers do it for free. The hoopers get paid. Yeah. And then it's like a $250,000 Cash prize. That's dope. Okay. Yeah, like I, I feel like it's like if you're a rapper, you're just like you're just doing it for fun. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like get your crew on. Yeah, you want to yeah do some shit. So I watched at the behest of a clip that I saw earlier this weekend of Nardo Wick not knowing what a pick and roll is. Man, listen, y'all, I don't watch no. I'm not deep into no type of sport. I even I know what a fucking pick and roll is, <laughs> bro. Nardo Wick's whole episode made me believe his raps even more. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, you was outside shooting for real. Yeah, you was, yeah, you was running in houses and shit. The, di- the dichotomy of this is that it was Wicked Gang versus Slaughter Gang, which is great. And when I and I was like, damn, is Nardo Wick directly from the lineage of Twenty One Savage? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that was cool. It is cool. That and was I think cool. Them even working together, I think it's cool. And like, yeah. I like that rappers are kind of like taking him under their wing because yeah. I always feel like. He came in with like not cosigns per yeah. se, but he definitely had records with like the big record with Future. He was raw. Big record with Dirk. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that he's like becoming a part of the hip hop absolutely culture of sense. But and he could get better. Yeah. He's, he's so young. He yeah, could get better. Yeah. He, I like I just like his style, I like the shit he brings to it. Yeah. The, the way he play with sounds, but still be saying shit. Yeah. Like it's very much what Cardi and them be doing, right. but he's a regular version of it. So they like. the way they introduce this shit on the show. Is almost like a Key and Peele episode. It's almost like comedic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's almost like it's not real. <laughs> no, it's all comedy. And that's why it's dope. I'm glad that they're having fun with this shit. Like, it's all comedy. Yeah. I love That's why I shout out to Psycho Films, even the way y'all produce this shit. Like, yeah. just the cuts, the back and forth, the hosts. There's, all- a, there's a shot where 21 or someone, I think it's Nardo, 21 shoots a shot, they slow mo it. And it clangs the backboard in, in fast speed. That's it. All right, yo. <laughs> Y'all niggas are crazy. They're fooling. They're fooling for so sure. So the idea is that it's first to 21. Yep. I think it's uh, the, like, I think three point range is two points or something like that. Yep. And, then, and then within the two point range is one point. So it's a long ass game. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's enough for 30 minutes an episode. And you can watch this on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. Revolt has all the episodes. And it's not, it, it doesn't feel that long. I, I, 
It, it, didn't feel, it felt like yeah, 20 minutes to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was more so laughing at it. This is fucking hilarious. Naruto Wick starts off saying, I never played basketball a day in my life. I don't know nothing about no sports. Man. Why are you doing this? It, now he don't know nothing about no sports, but he know that every team is ass. <laughs> They're said, like, 21 Savage, ass. I saw him shooting free throws. He, he missed ass. them. He, asked. <laughs> he said, I'm going I'm to shoot a free throw and then I'm going to beat him. I was like, wait, what? 21, of course, talks the most shit. Oh, my God. I thought he was about to be- <laughs> Totals one point for the game. And the way he was talking, I'm like, oh, 21 might really hoop. This nigga was so bad. He was terrible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Was it was all. And then his manager, Meezy, funniest guy in the whole episode. Oh, why is the Why is the coach dressed down to all Balenciaga? <laughs> Shout out to Meezy, bro. You, hey, I, I love how you came into that. Just the whole, you said bird from uh, from above the rim. I was like, I see it. I see the vision. <laughs> or, uh, or, um, What's his name? Off the wire. Fucking Avon. Uh, Avon. Avon. That's, what, That's what he was. That's what it was. That's basically what I see the vision Avon. for sure. So they're, they're, they're going back and forth. So 21 has like some street ball guys. Nardo has like a, a, a random assortment of guys, including his cousin Ian with the wicks. He's like, Ian, nice. Ian got like zero points. Ian is not nice. <laughs> Ian was, was nicest out of the niggas he hangs with on a daily basis. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, y'all niggas don't play no basketball. Like, y'all niggas probably play 2K, the most y'all have ever seen in basketball. How did you feel about the hard fouls that they were giving out and Nardo getting really upset? <laughs> that shit was hilarious. <laughs> no, the funniest part, the hard fouls were great, actually. That was hilarious because he damn near really wanted to like, fight. Like, MC, one of the hard fouls knocks Nardo on his back. Like, literally knocks his <laughs> ass down. And he's just like, he's lucky I fight his fuck, his fuck, nigga. And I was like, yo, you can't do that shit. <laughs> no, the funniest thing, though, is they gave Nardo the ball on the inbound. <laughs> he said, "What do I do?" <laughs> Before that was Nardo Wick, he got to be like tw- early. I don't 20s. even think he. He's not even twenty one. Yeah, like so he he gets the ball at the beginning of the game and says, "Who do I pass it to?" Yeah, bro, on the <laughs> inbound, he said, "What do I do?" He didn't know to throw the ball inbound. <laughs> There's did, a part. Did he stay in the right area? Yeah, he was in the right area. I mean, they told he, him. They, they told him to do it. Yeah. The, the, the oh, they only told him to do it. <laughs> The guys who knew how to play, right, MC? Well, he was he would like guy was like go set go sit over there in the corner, and, like mm-hmm. <laughs> go what to do. He's the team captain, Mark. He's the team yeah. captain, bro. Shit was crazy. So there was one point where, and, and I and I said you got to look in this episode very closely at Nardo, just moving around the court. He's like basically, you know, the little kids <laughs> do the Naruto run where they run like <laughs> with their with their hands. He's running he like got, that to the court. He's not. He's running the guys. He's not even supposed to be guarding. Nah. He's supposed to be guarding 21. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> in the chat, you was like, he was running like somebody playing 2K for the first time. Yes, he was. Like, he didn't know the controls. Just swiping, just doing all type of shit. He said, I got two steals, though. So, at, at one point. He did get a steal. It was actually really crazy. He stole it from 21. Yeah. And then he passed it, which was a good thing. He tra- yeah. There was one time he traveled. So, like, you know, when you leave your feet, <laughs> you got to either, like, shoot it or pass it. He and left his feet. a double feet. dribble. He, he left his feet, as they called it a travel, which they weren't calling fouls the whole game. At all, they called no fouls. The only thing they, 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 and I think they did it for dramatic effect, was to call that traveling uh, call on Nardo Wick. So they called it. He said, "Man, you can't call that on me." Yes, absolutely, they can call that on you. You <laughs> left your feet and you didn't do anything, and then you moved. You traveled. Yeah. So at the end, they do it. They, the twenty one sets a bet like eight thousand dollars or something that Nardo won't get a single point the whole game. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch Nardo try and make a point. He does, he proceeds to not make a point yeah, the whole fucking yeah. game. He, he, didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't even want to take the bet. <laughs> so 21's team was down like almost 10 at one point. They yeah. they come back up to five. I think NLE Chopper was there. He was just like, I don't know what happened, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they was up nine. Now they down five. I don't know. Nah, 21. I, I knew 21 was going to win from the jump. They had better ballers. Better ballers. They had this dude, Peanut. That was Peanut. Nice. 
was like Muncie yeah. Bogues out he there. He thought bro. he was motherfucker. Uh, skip to my loop, <laughs> bro. They, they, like, he, like they was like, yo, the crowd loves Peanut. He hit a three as soon as he came in, and then like I, I, I don't think he had as much points. As, yeah, no, nah, uh, he just had some good passes, some good facilitation, some real basketball. So in, in the end, it was they were they were up five. One of one of uh, Nardo's guys dunks on twenty one, or, oh, yeah. or, like, or like does a does a fast break dunk on him. Yeah, he's like, I'm looking at you, nigga. I want you, nigga. And I looked at the score and I said, nigga, you're down five. They have enough points to win the game. Bruh. And then he guarded him real heavy on the on the other end. They missed a shot, and then they and then they hit the shot to win the game. I said, well, you did all that shit talking to not even win the game. For nothing. That was like a nice dunk though. It was <laughs> got twenty one. That, that's that's that nigga's the highlight for the rest of his career actually. So uh, I love this show. I'm going to continue to watch this. I love oh, the, yeah. app, the the post show thing. Is, is love the post show? Outrageous. Love it. It's just hilarious. Um, I'm looking forward to that next episode. This Quavo versus Roddy Ridge. I'm going to watch that. I'm telling you, the trailer. That's a, now that's a good fucking trailer. It is a good trailer. No, <laughs> that was the most personality I've seen out of Roddy Ridge's whole career. They said the highest scoring game in crew league history. Like the word zooming. No, in the but screen. like the, the yeah, yeah. Roddy's little interview portion, he was actually like. It was personality. He Charisma. was emoting. Yeah, he. I forgot what he said, but it was just like, oh, like Roddy Rich. Did you have a personality? Roddy had personality. Yeah, yeah. I was so surprised. I'm like, yo, his this his, his firmware updated. This needs to be his EPK. <laughs> <laughs> My crew week episodes. <laughs> but no, really, really good episode. MC, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would suggest you watch that. If we were in a, a crew league team, who would you pick to be on your team? What, either you two? No. Oh. <laughs> oh but you, can pick, you can pick us. Who would be on your team, though? Neither of you guys. I can pick anybody. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tall, bro. Are you? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm, like, I'm almost six feet tall. Man, I know real tall niggas, man. <laughs> I know some hoopers. Real I got a niggas. Man, That's I, crazy, I, I, bro. No, I could, man, my brother, or my stepbrother, um, my brother, uh, he used to hoop. Like, he played for Fairfax High. They won a city championship. So you pick him? Yeah, I would definitely pick him. Um, who else did I pick? Oh, I got some hoopers, bro. I got some hoopers around me. Well, who would you pick, MC? If you had, if you were the, if you were the the, the team captain, who I'm you pick? I'm gonna get BD, Baron Davis, holla at me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I honestly have no idea. I don't have any basket. I don't yeah, think it's I have such any a great ball friends. Yeah, it's a random question. I gotta think about that. I can go. I can go out to the Palm Beach Rec and probably find somebody. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go, I'll go to. I'll go to Rec Palm and find Beach, a couple people. Palm Beach Rec, and, and of course, Wally texted me telling me he's doing a count right now all morning of how many times Yane mentions uh, Drake's name during the Drink Champs interview. He's up to seventeen. So. Shout out to my nigga Wally. I ran to him at the studio the other day. Randomly. What are you talking about? He was just like, "What's up?" <laughs> I can't. I can't even say what he said. Funny guy. <laughs> funny guy. I can't even well, tell you I will, what he I, said. I will, I will be tapping into Crew League because this is a very big week. Very, very, very big week. NBA back on Tuesday. Heat season yes, open sir. this Wednesday. Will it's be crazy in the building. Tuesday. I was going like... to bring the BND championship. I'm just going to leave the BND championship at home. Are you going? Why? to Y'all home? not champions. What the <laughs> fuck you bringing out a championship <laughs> belt for? I mean, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. What was your champions matter? of? Of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> the Southeast Division. All right. Oh, wow. And almost the Eastern Conference. And, and, and almost, almost the Eastern Conference, if not for a one three-pointer. Hey, nasty boy, E may made sure that didn't happen, bro. Mm. Nasty boy, E may made sure that didn't happen. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about more basketball when we come back uh, on B sides. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in a week with uh, with the blacklist episode of Black Print Radio. Uh, I'll be reporting live from Atlanta. Everybody will be at their their normal spots. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you sign up for the Patreon, man. We're about to talk about some more shit on B sides uh, for MC for Josh. We'll see you guys in a week. 
for Black Pen Radio. Peace. Me and Weezy, that's the way. Through the ice in this pattern, my did a 180. I went up the wrong way. Look at the bells and the twinkling, glistening and shine. You gon' need you some sunblock. Thousands of grams of grams and certified stones that came on a time clock. All of my woldies, coyotes, we sticking together. We coming like shot toss. Put a tracker on that bitch if you love her, cause she coming through like a cool squad. I put it on in the Zaba. I got different designers all over. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Let's start with a bop. Oof, you guys are gonna love this one. Okay, callers, is the album worth a listen? It's so good. I bet you would love the intro. Let's play it. Whoa, a win like that calls for some victory music. Yo, 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 welcome back to another week and another episode of Black Print Radio. We I'm here. J5. We here, we in the building. Josh Pease, a.k.a. Perry P. Perry, <laughs> well, why, why is that that today? Uh, that's today because I'm going to Paris next week. I'm just excited. Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, you know, yeah big money, pockets. Money talk. How long are you going to Paris? Uh, only for a couple of days. Okay. Not, not even long enough. It's, I'm going for such a short amount of time that it's a little broke. <laughs> it's like, damn, nigga, you going to Paris for a few days? Like, but it's for a good cause. All right, good, good. And of course, we got our guy, my man MC, on the boards today. What's going on, MC? That's not broke at all. Paris, at least for one, even for 48 hours, Paris, a Paris trip just sounds lit in general. Nah, that, I mean, it's going to be lit, but the trip is so far. That's like, nigga, you might not even win that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, I'm going to make, make a game time decision on my last day if I extend my trip a couple of days or not. Got to extend the How trip. How long do people stay in Paris? At least a week. That you got one day like, I mean, a week? Tra- the travel so far is crazy. Like, I wouldn't want to go out there and be there for a few days. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I, I'm going to interject here. It makes no <laughs> sense to go to Paris for three days, Josh. Yeah. yeah I, I, well, if you, know what I'm, if you know what I'm going for, then it makes all the sense in the world. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. We'll, we'll probably, get him, to, we'll probably yeah. get him to reveal that later. But, of course, you just heard the, the voice of our guest. Uh, I mean, this dude is he's all over the place. Uh, founder of EQT Records. Henny. What's going on, brother? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up, man? Um Happy for having y'all. Happy for being on here, and, and and thanks for the invite. Um, always down to support, and uh, you know, love that y'all are building with this. So thank you for having me. Oh man, thank you for being on. I, in fact, I was telling Josh just the other day, me and you have actually worked together in some capacity. I was there when you was at All Def Digital. Oh shit! Okay, okay, yep, yep, yep. It was when uh, when good old Chris Blackwell was running the ship, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. over at Universal now. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, yeah, I remember that was a, uh, you know what, I was, that was kind of like a, like a, not a favor, but like uh, for Chris and Osmond, I was over there doing, I was consulting for a few months, yeah, that was cool, yeah. Yeah, I remember my first day we were in a meeting, and you were just basically like, fuck that shit, I don't want to do that shit, we should do it this way, and I said, I like, I like the way this guy thinks, and <laughs> I was like, I kind of carried that energy into every meeting, 
and I might not have been successful as you were at it, but I at least tried. Hey, man, I think po- point of view is everything, right? So, you know, I think when you're in those types of rooms and you get asked to be in those rooms, it's, it's it, it hopefully and should be for your point of view. So, you know, that's how you kind of uh, make sure your voice is heard in the room. So, Man, dropping jewels early. I like that. Yeah, that's funny, man. Like yeah, we, we, not, we not even admitted it. Exactly, man. But honestly, like you, you were one of the people I had in mind when I thought about the concept of this show and just like, you know, just the, the idea of the black print. Like I think you've had such a great career behind the scenes and it's not something that's always highlighted. And, um, you know, you, these are just the stories I want to tell. So, I mean, even from your, your start throwing shows to managing artists to now running your own label, I think that's just a story that needs to be, you know, publicized and, and, and widely known. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad you're here, man. And um, let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I've seen, obviously, Josh, we worked together super closely in the past. So you you got a, um, you know, very super close magnified view of like what kind of goes into um, into working with the types of artists that we work with and, you know, developing an artist. And, you know, at the core of it, you know, really it's about artist development, you know, even at when I think about what's kind of happened at the, over the past, man, maybe I guess I'm going on like 11 years since <laughs> I started throwing shows and 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 now having the the I really call it the ecosystem more than the record label, right? Because we have we have we have our label, we have management, we have publishing with Concord, and all of it is in service of what artists that we think deserve um, to have a voice and to be developed and really speak to you know just our taste, right? Like, you know, I think a lot of times people don't really understand what something is until everyone else understands it. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to kind of double down on that and and kind of make a career out of the things that I think need to kind of be highlighted. And, and not just me, I hope that there's a community and a culture around me that also thinks it needs to be highlighted. And then it's, then it's the process and the steps to take it from zero to 20 to hopefully 60 and then when you're really fortunate and a few times along the way, we've seen stuff go almost to hundred. So, you know, I think that that's the stuff that really like turns the keys on for me and gets me excited. Um, and why I still do it. I love that. I love that. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the beginning. I know you got your start throwing shows in like the DC area. Um, how'd you even get into that? Yeah, man. So <clears throat> let's think all the way back. I mean, Shit, this is it's you and this is your podcast, so I'll give the real secrets. Because <laughs> it's Josh. Uh, man, at one point, at one point in my life, I, I thought I could rap, and I thought I could be a rapper. <laughs> and I was in high school, you know, recorded with. I mean, this is this is '05, so you know, right? '05, '04, '05. Yeah, I was in high school, and this is back when you would you would have to burn onto a CD and go to school and hustle mixtapes um, in Virginia, you know, in the DC area. And uh, that's really where my journey with music started was, you know, thinking that I could make it, <laughs> make music. And, and I actually was talking to my friend uh, that lives in LA still actually, that we were in that rap group together 20 years ago. And, and we were talking about how even back then, although I was like the one that was in the group rapping, I was also the one that was like creating, making the name for the like fake record label and like pulling everybody together and making sure we like, you know, finished the records and finished the project and got the art done. And, you know, he was reminding me that even back then, I was always the one that kept kind of glue in this little, like, three, four-person rap group we had in high school. And that's really where it, like, all started for me. Um, then reality kicked in because you graduate high school and your parents are like, yo, that was cool in high school, but you need, you, you're you're an adult now. Like, go, go to college, <laughs> go get, a, get a real job. Like, you know, so 
um, like almost like cold turkey. I remember like going to my dad wanted me to see Ethiopia. My parents are both Ethiopian, so he wanted me to see Ethiopia for the first time and kind of did it as like a graduation present. So like the summer of uh, 2005, um, I went to Ethiopia and, and spent, spent like a whole month out there. And like, I went to all the different um, provinces and really saw the country. I didn't just stay in the capital. So it was like a super eye-opening trip for me that I still remember to this day. And I, and I remember going into that trip thinking like, man, I know nobody believes it, but I'm gonna somehow figure out how to do this music shit. Maybe it's me rapping, maybe it isn't, but it's probably me rapping. So at that point I thought maybe I could still figure it out. <laughs> and then I came, I came back from that like super inspired, but then also very like being very realistic with myself of like, you know what, like making the music is probably not the path for me. Let me just do this college thing. You know, I always kind of had the, the hustler mentality in my veins and, you know, kind of went into college with that, you know, started like throwing parties and throwing shows in college. And, you know, I think being the person that um, could tell you where the dopest party was between the three high schools in my area that carried on into college. And then, you know, I was just like, how do I turn this into, into dollars, right? Into money. I always had to kind of like take care of myself, you know, outside of maybe somewhere to sleep. Right. So, um, what, what know, was like, kind of, what was kind of the moment where you, cause I, I think a lot of people when they have to make that transition is very hard and they'll, they'll keep running in, their head into a wall. Like, I'm going to keep making it work. Like what was kind of the moment where you were like, okay, I'm, I'm really, you know, I really shouldn't be trying to create it. I should be trying to find another Avenue to get in here. Yeah. That's a good question, man. I think, I think you get, you get wake up calls you get kind of moments where, you know, you kind of have to follow your instinct and your gut. It's funny. It actually happened to me in two different times. So the first time I think it was coming back from that trip, you know, and thinking about it now, like just kind of like in hindsight, I think part of it might've been me, uh, wanted to make sure that I like made my parents proud, right? right like right. coming back and seeing, seeing that, seeing Ethiopia, seeing the country, seeing where I came from, you know, really starting to understand certain things. And I was like, you know what? I want to be successful in what my parents probably view as success. And I just want to be successful in general and I want to make them proud. So like being a rapper is not it, right? I think that might've been part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, then actually in high school, I was kind of like picked, I'm not sorry, I was in college and college actually kind of picked it back up and started recording again and kind of made a little stint at trying it again. But that was where um, I kind of had, actually, no, I don't think I've ever told this story. So, you know what, Josh, you're about to get all, about to get all exclusives. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> I got in trouble in college because I used to sell hella, hella weed in college. <laughs> I got in trouble and I remember being like, oh shit, I actually got like some shit on my record now. And I was like, you know, taking business school and, you know, any, you know, growing up in DC, most people's jobs are either political driven or they're, um, you know, the Booz Allens of the world, the like government contracts, IT. That was like the way to like, like all the kids that were my age that were in college, like, cool, that's the fastest way to like get you to an 80 to $100,000 a year salary. And you can't do that shit with a record, right? So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't like a big stain on my record, it was still enough. It was on there, right? So, um, and I was like, damn, what am I going to do? And that drove me to like, it was weird. And like, I went to, I went from like 10 to 100 in like six months where I was like, man, I got to really figure this out now. Like if I apply to a lot of these places that, that I've been spending three years in college trying to finish my degree for, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm get denied, right? Right. Um, and, and, and I was already like starting to throw shows and things like that. So I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta take this shit seriously. And I started doing like, man, I was doing, um, I was interning at a studio, but then I was, this is like, 
this is probably like 08, 09. So they were, they came from the mixtape era, right? So they were like the DJ dramas of the DMV area. Like they actually had a relationship with drama and they got caught up in that. Remember the, remember the big FBI scandal oh, yeah. where they were like taking everybody? Remember that? So these guys in DC are called Target Squad. They were the like DC version of Atlanta and even got caught up in that in that mix. And the, and the young DJ who was like the face of it, his older brothers ran it, but they made their little brother the face of it. He was kind of like a, like a drama in his own right in the DMV hosting mixtapes. We went to the same community college. So I was building this relationship with him. And he was like, man, like, what's up with all this? Like, these, like that Piff and Facebook and MySpace, <laughs> all this shit. Like, we used to just, we burn shit up and go to the barbershop and sell CDs for five minutes. They were, they were trying to figure out how to transition their business to the internet. And I was kind of right there as a college kid who was studying IT and was up on computers, but was really into music. And I was like, fuck it. I just went all in on the opportunity and I, I built a really cool relationship with them. And that's what plugged me into um, the DC nightclub scene, the DC music scene. I mean, through them, I met Glizzy and Fat Trail. And, you know, when I was already throwing shows at George Mason, me and one of my homies, um, RIP, she passed a few years ago, we, we co-promoted two chains at Fur when spend it was like starting to get high. And that kind of was through those relationships. I somehow was like, kind of like, it started with being able to get these guys to be on the internet and basically be like their, their web, you know, their computer person. Right. And then it like, but I, but I was like on the ball of the type of artist they should be paying attention to. Like, I remember, I remember showing them Kid Cudi and J Cole for the first time. And they were like, yo, what is this? Cause they were, <laughs> but they had T-Pain at the studio like three weeks before that. Right. So they were like, really in the mainstream shit. And I was, I was showing them, you know, like when certain artists would come to DC, they would check in with them. So sometimes like I remember being around, you know, yeah, it was T-Pain in like 08, 09 and I'm young and I'm like, oh shit, this is a real artist. This is a real celebrity. Right. And being around, they had a little scrapping play show in Virginia. Like this is after like he cooled off, but they would always bring kind of like the project pats and the little scrappies yeah, around VC and I'll be. I think that like, yeah. even in like, I went to school in VCU. So like they, it would always be scrappy, gaudy, jeezy. Yeah. All the time. All that shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you went to VCU? Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you you know the culture out there. Yeah. Absolutely. And same thing with, yeah. So, like, there was kind of a scene. Actually, I remember, Um, do you remember when Currency and Wiz did How Fly at VCU? Absolutely. I was there. So, my, okay. So, I was at that show, too. That's where I met Will, actually, who still manages Wiz to this day. So, yeah. my boy promoted that show. And I did, like, all the content and everything for it. And it was just kind of in the mix on it. That's when I started throwing uh concerts but yeah i just kind of i just like dove right into that mix and my entry point was being like the, the college cool kid who had like the taste of all the shit they didn't know but i could also keep them on the internet then i just kind of leverage and turn that into like actually i got some of my own money i'll go half with you on this two chain show i'll go half with you on this on this wisdom currency show i'll go half with you on you know whatever and i started like inching my way in because i could do the marketing online and i could throw down and i could bring the college kids right. so they were like fuck it like you're going to put us in a market that we're not in. And I kind of earned my keep that way. And that was such a bubbling, that was such a bubbling time for those artists too. Like I could only imagine just how successful it was because again, like this is like that Oh nine era where it's like Wiz, yeah. Currency. Pete Logger. Yeah. 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 Really, the beginning of it really. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nah, definitely. Like, and that was my niche, right? That was my lane. Right. And, and, and anything you do, you're trying to find your lane and, you know, doing uh, Mac Miller's first DMV show literally two months after Kids Dropped. And I booked it right before Kids Dropped or that, that How Fly concert, Big Crit, um, Currency, MGK, 
Big Sean finally uh, famous volume one. I did that show at Soundstage in Baltimore. Shit. There wasn't people that were really paying attention to these like quote unquote blog rappers. Like we were fucking with it, but but like the nine thirty club and the Live Nations of the world and yeah. IMPs of the world, they weren't really booking those shows yet. They were like, nah, we're still at that time. EDM was was just was really taking off, right? Absolutely. And then rock rock and all that. So I was like, oh no, this is the shit. This is the shit that I know what I know how to do. And I just like went head first into that scene and uh, and very quickly became the promoter for the DC area uh, for those types of shows. Right. When that when that first Mac show did really, really well. Um, actually, I never forget Peter Schwartz, who, you know, still is an agent to this day, mm-hmm. is who I bought that show from. And it like oversold, you know, Mac took off at that point, you know, RIP. He was just like he did. He didn't know that show was going to be like that. I remember to this day, I remember I talked to Q about this like the other day, like Q, Quentin, Matt, and uh, Tree J, and somebody else that was with them all came will. down in a green, probably will, yeah, all came down in a green Volvo from Pittsburgh because what, like a two and a half, three hour drive to Virginia, right? So they just drove down, no tour boats, nothing, walk up to the venue and say, cool, this is our first like real out of town show. I did a couple of New York things, but this is our first like, real hard ticket show post kids mm. and it was nuts like oversold kids are outside like selling tickets for 80 bucks right so it was kind of beginner's luck for me where that, that i mean i've done stuff in the past but that was my first like all me i rented the venue out i bought it from a real agency it was like all right now you're a big boy promoter you know what I'm saying you just got a, you just got a national tour or a national artist to come to town and like it's really your show and i basically launched my like concert production company off the back of that show, right? Right. And then that's when it, that's when it, it steamrolled because you know um, agents that were believing in that scene didn't have a lot of promoters to sell those shows to yet. Mm-hmm. And nine thirty wasn't booking. You know, other places weren't. I just had a successful Mac show, and um, and they're like, "Cool, we got this new guy like Henny that just did a few shows in a row that makes sense." And I was, you know, so like, cool. So I just I, I found my I found my lane, and then I was. Um, building off the back of that man for you know that was probably 2010 to 2013 and um in that process i was like all right all right what's the next move here right like i'm having fun doing this i'm making money and sometimes not making money because being a promoter is like fucking gambling right like throwing (laughs) dice at the wall absolutely (laughs) yeah so you know now i was making the shake i was figuring it out but i was like all right what's the next thing here and I and, and remember I used to rap right, so like I still had like a mic and some equipment, and I knew like the local scene, and and, I, and, it's, and then now the local scene is like, yo, how do we open up for those shows that Henny is doing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, let me come up with a system to figure that part out. So I started doing these like local showcases where artists bought in and sold tickets, and they could even make a profit if they sold all their tickets. And I would have like DJ Money and Dre the Mayor and guys like that coming coming. Uh, um, uh, host and judge the showcase in the same venue that I did the Mac show. So now I developed like almost like this local incubation system with a bunch of artists and funny IDK was in that showcase. And, you know, <laughs> uh, they, yeah, uh, Drew's from the DMV that's in that RV group. They, when he used to rap, he was in that showcase. So like that started to bubble. And then now I'm like filling up a Tuesday night at the venue. So they're, they're happy with me because nothing was going on. This venue was like, literally in the middle of a shopping center in Springfield, Virginia, but it was a good venue, just in a very random place. And that was building up this like 
network and this credibility with the local scene. Like, okay, cool, you're bringing in the rappers that we think are dope and cool, but still underground. But then you're giving us a platform to maybe open up for those artists um, and and be judged, but also have our fans come see us and perform at a real venue. Okay, cool. And then, well, all right, I got this studio because I have all this equipment. Let me open up like a small studio that's also like my office for the concert business. But then the back room was like a maybe 200 square foot studio. And, um, and, and, and it's funny, it was actually right below the Target Squad guys, which were the dudes that I was interning for a couple of years before that, that kind of got me, that taught me some rope. So like, it's almost like I was a kid that came and showed them how to get on the internet. And then three years later, I had the spot under them for my own shit, right? So they were like, damn, okay, cool. We're gonna keep showing you love and you're hustling. And I just started having all those artists come to the studio because they were like, oh, well, if I record with any, I could probably open up for those artists who keeps bringing on and shit, maybe he'll even manage me. And I kind of developed this system, this like rotating door of local artists through the studio, through the concert company. And really, you know, through that, at first I didn't really, you know, I think I, think I knew I wanted to, uh, to manage, right? Like, I definitely think I was like, all right, what's the angle here? Like continuing to grow this like, promotion company and at that time you know Sasha who, who owned Scoremore was just starting to bubble or Tariq who owns Rolling Loud had his shit called Dope ENT and I remember I remember seeing us get the same tour dates so you would see like a Logic tour go up and I would have the Virginia and Baltimore date they would have Texas and they would have Florida so I was starting to like kind of really be in the mix yeah I was gonna say I'm glad you brought those guys up because I was just thinking about you know the promoters for that that college era blog era of rap and it was like it was you guys uh it was dopey and t like you mentioned um sasha was score more and then like dom on the west coast who used to do um who i think he still works for um aeg i believe golden voice yeah golden voice yeah that's the homie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he manages joe k and shit too yeah so like <clears throat> yeah so that was that and you know in hindsight i remember thinking to myself like there was definitely a version of that that could have scaled but i think ultimately having that taste to be able to discover artists early and be up on the right things, you know, like being a promoter, it builds and, and being an articulate promoter, it builds a really good like gut and ear because, you know, press is not going to sell a show out. Looks aren't going to sell a show out. Only good music sells a show out. So you have to bump your head a few times and take bets on these things that agents are trying to sell you stuff that got some views on youtube back then niggas was buying hella views on youtube you didn't know it was real so like <laughs> you had to, you know what i'm saying you were, so you start to like no this needs to actually sell out for me to even make a little bit of profit so i think it developed like a taste level right you had your natural taste level but it was it it was almost like i was exercising my taste level in real time because i was betting my own money to figure it out right and you start to really see audience and what people care about what they don't care about what sells what doesn't and i think that developed my my r skill really right and then also i make music i made music at some point in my life so i was very like into that process um and that's hence why i had the studio there too so now i'm seeing all these local artists come through and play me their mixtape and you know what's this what's that and like you know you don't really know that it's happening when it's happening, but when you when you can look back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You're like, oh, that was actually my development. That's where I was like really getting my chops, and I was in the trenches. Was that's when I was learning was what you know, and and uh, which is super important, you know. And I think like in that process, um, started to find artists that maybe I maybe I would want to manage this artist, right? Like I remember, you know, my first artist was Goldlink, and he was in this like program that somebody started to 
come by and um, um, uh, use my studio because he was, he was like a friend of mine through a friend. And he was like, man, there's this program in Toronto that 40 was invested in and Drake co-signed, I think it was called the Remix Project or something, where they were like having kids do film and photography and work in the studio and get to maybe work with 40 and shit like that. And he was like trying to emulate that in the DMV. Like, Let me use your studio. And I was like, all right, cool. Brings this group of kids by, you know, even after I forgot what their name was, but they even had like a, a rap group. And then um, Golink was one of them in the group. And then once that program was done, they were all kind of mediocre. <laughs> and he was like the one that had like, it was super raw, but he just had like a tone that cut through and had just certain things about him where I was like, and even like his ear for beats and all that. And then the engineer at the studio, um, crazy, I still work with to this day, Louis Lastic, was also a producer. And he was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on electronic music. I grew up on, on funk music and bass and I, I love boom bap shit. So he starts making this really just funky different. And this really, imagine this is kind of like peak EDM almost, right? When EDM kind of peaked. So he was like really playing with all these sounds. And that's really where that 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 first mixtape happened where we were kind of like bending electronic music and hip hop and just, and we thought it was dope. Then quietly you see Ketronada and Sango and Selection and all these things starting to bubble on SoundCloud around the same time like very, very early though. And I think just being in that moment, something clicked and I like, and, we, and I was like, hey, this is, we gotta connect all these dots. There's a bunch of dots to be connected here. And actually, I, I just remember this. I had one of my last shows as a promoter, it wasn't really about making money on the show, but it was like about trying to get pl a platform for the artists I was working with. So I, I booked Ketronada's first DC show, right? right? And I had, him at, I had him at Flash, and it was a 200 cap room on a Wednesday, sold out. This is like right when I think at that Ketronada record at all probably just got kind of hot on the internet, but so it's still really early. And that's the first time Ketronada and Golink ever met. I brought them to the show. I was like, yo, we fuck with your sound. I mean, I'm the promoter, so I'm, it's like my show. So I get to really kick it with them. And, and that's when that connection actually got made. That actually put, um, and, and around that same time, it was a very early, uh, Cal Uchis, who a lot of people don't know, she's from but before, Alexandria. So was, before we get into yeah, Cal Uchis, but, I, I like this transition of from going from the show, like promoting your like one of your final shows to to this management thing. So like before we play that, or before we get into that, I want to play a song and then we'll come back because I really do want to get into that. I feel like your studio was like a hub for a lot of DMV artists that came out of there. Like the Cali Uchis first tape was recorded there. I remember, yeah, for sure. Go Link, um, even you know Masego and Sadao record. Even though it wasn't done there, I think though they were byproducts of that studio. So I definitely want to get into that story. But uh, let's get into some records. Let's play. Uh, where are we playing next, J Fox? Shit, we're gonna, we're gonna play some party next door real quick. All right, some relax me. Let's go. took the walk to poland the the biggest one minute song in the world black print radio j5 here with josh peas paris p perry p, perry p. Here. mc here haney is here of course he was telling us some of the some of the some crazy stories about his 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 come up really in dc super insightful shit 
Yeah, no, I mean, I love the just the transition of your career from like rapper to promoter, um, studio owner to manager. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the studio and just like the different arts you had come through there. Of course, you mentioned Gold Link earlier. Um, you had a little touched on Cali just a little bit. Um, you know, who else has been through that your spot when you had it? Yeah, oh man, you know, it's funny. We, we had this wall, and I actually want to get it back. <laughs> we had this uh, the studio door, we made everybody sign it. And um, my old homie that was a DJ for all the shows back then, he posted it recently, so I, I need to get that back. But man, what Glizzy been by there, Trail. I didn't necessarily record there frequently, but they've been by there for certain stuff. Um, you know, Callie made her for her first EP for Vita there. Um, man, I'm trying, I mean, this, I mean, IDK, um, who, and then a bunch of local artists that you know, I don't think anyone would probably know, you know, know their names, but. You never know. You you never know. That. People people probably know. You never know. Yeah. You know who I think came out once? Um what's homies from Virginia Beach, man. Their name came up. Uh Divine Council. Oh Remember wow. Oh, yeah. They're dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're dope. They're fire. Yeah, they came by there once. Um oh, and then sometimes what I would try to do is have the artists that I that I book come by so they see like, oh, there's like a scene happening here and this is like a thing and you know, I think I had like not the coolest rappers, but I had people like Chris Webby and artists like that come by. Little B didn't come by. I did these crazy little B shows that were nuts. And I maybe he came by for a second, but you know, uh, riff, oh, you know, you know, it was the weirdest motherfucker that I had by there, uh, Riff Rap. Oh shit! <laughs> riff Rap. <laughs> yeah, that was. But yeah, I, I mean, I think you know. Go ahead. I was gonna ask you. Tell us about some of the artists who came through that you ended up managing. <clears throat> um, really just, you know, I was, I was really selective. I actually only ended up picking up Gold Link and Cali, um, oh, wow. as clients early on. That was it. And producers, sometimes a producer here or there, that was it. So, um, you know, as stuff was taken off, you know, Cali did Torvita there. Um, and yeah, I was managing her for about, about two years. And we even did her, um, her first record deal while I was working with her, which she that she's actually still in now. Obviously she's on Interscope. And that was like shortly after Golden did his RCA deal. So, you know, being so that then that transition kind of happened. Um and she was great. Like man, we're we're still cool to this day. It was all love. And just I definitely learned the personalities and working with a female artist and, and the requirements of that and what comes along with that. Um that was definitely a learning curve for me in that process. Yeah. Um, but you know I think no, I was gonna say that's a great point because I, I kind of tell people all the time, um, managing a female artist is way harder than managing a male artist. I think, and it, it doesn't, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's just, it's just totally so much different. that comes with it, you know, like even just for any type of visual appearance, there's makeup and glam and and styling, and like that's just something you don't have to think about so often with a, a male artist. So that's that's a really interesting uh, take and just something to think about. But um, I did want to kind of get into yeah. just some of the behind the scenes stuff of managing. Like, what do you think are some of the challenges of building like a, a strong management team? Because that's one thing I kind of pride EQT on is just like a good team around the artists. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know exactly what it was, but I, but I always had an inclination towards team, you know, and towards building around something. I mean, you know, Kaz, who's been um, with EQT from from day one and really helps run the company with me and my partner, Dan. Now he's been with us for eight years and he actually was essentially like an intern and was, um, you know, doing day to day on Cali, helping out with Goldling stuff, doing different things like that. He's really developed over time um, with the company, <laughs> but you know, I, I always sort of um, 
you know, would just kind of like look to and idolize um, scaled management companies. Like I remember when EDM was booming and when I was throwing concerts, I actually dipped my toes into that too and, and did some co-pros with some companies in Baltimore, Virginia Beach. So I'll do some hip hop, some EDM, um, you know, and you see teamwork and blood company and, mm -hmm. and you would pull their roster up, right? So I'm like, I'm sitting in Virginia, you know, 2012, 2013, still kind of like off the starting to finish, you know, on the tail end of being a, a concert promoter. And I'm, I, I want to know who the, who manages these artists, right? And I was doing that research from, you know, from from DC, not having necessarily the experience of dealing with a lot of these companies. And I always loved rosters, right? I always loved like that there's something happening here that's being able to create an ecosystem where there's some, there's got to be some level of organization. How does that work? That stuff always got me excited, to be honest, you know? Um, so it's really crazy, you know, they, you know, they say like, manifestation and all that kind of stuff but you know there's a company that that's been a part of the the journey i would say for eqt and scaling the company called m theory and josh i know you're familiar and they did a, they, they were a part of teamwork and blood company scaling so for me to end up getting a hold of them as like someone who was like yeah i kind of want to be in management i got one artist that's starting to bubble and having this partnership with them that's lasted five or six years and they were a big piece of how Skrillex scaled and blood company scaled via Skrillex and how teamwork scaled and teamwork scaled via Diplo and the Mad Decent ecosystem. And they saw all that and were a part of helping build that so that the guys who were on the front line could really focus on the artist and the business around the artist and the product that they were creating. And they were there to kind of like help them figure out how to lift things up and how process should go and how org should work. Um, so, you know, I think that's always been something that I've been excited about and you know i think like one thing and and and, and whoever wants to record this i hope this is a gem <laughs> but uh running running the company and then developing the artist and the sort of secret sauce that comes with like developing and creating and being like on point with the artist those are really two different things right. and i would mm -hmm. say in hindsight i definitely i definitely would have put sort of more infrastructure in two different buckets for each area. Uh, we're doing that now and I've, I've learned a lot since then, but I think that's something that people got to remember that, you know, if you, if you know how to develop artists from a creative lens and you have the relationships to do that, but you're like intrigued on like, how do I scale and build an organization around that? Be very mindful of trying to do those things at the same time. Right. Or thinking that you can do that both things at the same time. And, and, you know, we do have a lot of people that like might want to are, you know, are aspiring managers and want to do what you do. What would you say are three things that managers need to know <laughs> about being in management? Man, and they need to know three is like too little. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say artists are crazy, but now that's, that's not. Like that should know um, that coming into it. <laughs> yeah, right. I won't come in too hot. Um, you know, uh, one, realize that you are sort of, um, you are building a business with the artist, right? So like, I think a lot of people go into management, which is totally fine. It's more this like homie friend relationship, right? Like the friend, the friendager, the homie manager, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but really being, really being able to realize like, yeah, I have this relationship with the artist, but I'm here to really build their business. And ultimately as a manager, I have to understand and have this like snapshot of the business, but from a creative point of view. Right. Um, let's see. Two, man, learn how 
touring works. You know, I think some some managers uh, maybe come in because they have like a great ear or they're friends with the manager. I mean, friends with the artist. Um, they have a certain perspective of being in the room and, and they got the relationship, you know, but being, especially being like a very traditional manager, like that part of the business, like if you're trying to build a career, touring is everything. So if you need to go and sit with a promoter or sit with an agent and really pick their brain and really pay attention and, and you know, figure out like how that business really works. I think that's super important. Um, it's something that you'll pick up along the way. Um, let's see, three, man, which, 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 who gets the third slot? I feel who like there's like a the hundred slot? things they need to know. You got to whittle it down to three. I feel like this is unfair. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. yeah, I know. Um, the relationship is, uh, is everything, you know, you're building this relationship with the artist and you have to kind of psychoanalyze and understand what they care about and what their goals are and make sure that those goals align with your goals. Uh, maybe this is kind of two things, but make sure that their <laughs> goals align with your goals. So y'all are going down the same path, right? Cause you know, I think I was fortunate, um, that my, I was fortunate and unfortunate in some ways that my, that my first artist, I had to kind of drag him along to get him to where he was. He wasn't always like the most motivated, but at least it was something that, that got to a certain place and we were able to take it to a certain height. And then off the back of that, that spun into different things and, you know, really understanding what the, what the goals of the artist are, you know. And again, in building a successful management company and, and, and a successful record label like EQT, what, how did that come together? Like, you, it feels like you kind of, like you said, you went from 10 to 100 very quickly, and now you have EQT. What, like, how did you create it? Like, you know, what, what were some of the things that went into creating something as, as massive as that? Man, um, you know, I think it, it, it's, that's dope that you think it's massive. Uh, to me, it's always still this, like, super tiny thing. But, um, <laughs> but uh, nah, it's, um, you know, I, I, just really having a strong vision and doing whatever is needed um, to get there um, and then also pacing it out and being like pretty, pretty resilient. You know, um, it, it is, you know, when I sit and think about it, that we've actually really only been a company for just about eight years and we've, we've only been a label for almost five. Right. And, um, and I think about all the stuff that we touched as EQT, right. Even early Metro boom and stuff, Goldman, Cali, Smino, say go jpeg it's 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 really it is it is kind of like man that was a lot but everything compounds right like not to make and 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 you think of comp when you think of stocks and money you think of compounds but like relationships efficiency energy everything everything compounds and when you're really doing things the right way or at least as right as you possibly can and you're trying to make the right decisions and you're able to recognize when you're in moments things can, things can escalate pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I remember actually my, my partner, Dan said this and it stuck with me like five or six years ago where, um, you have to be, the people who really win are self-aware and know how to recognize that they're in a moment, right? Sometimes you're in a, people can be in a moment, but you got to recognize you're in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really, really fucking hard. And I remember when, um, I mean, Savage Mode went crazy and Metro was on top of the world and the number one producer crew was going nuts. And it was, a, it was a number one song on urban radio two weeks in a row. And that happened to be, it just happened to be right around when we started to decide that, you know what, maybe now it's time to really start being equity partners with our artists and start a label. And the next 
gen of artists that were starting to bubble that we were picking up would would be signed to the label and we were taking meetings. And I think in hindsight, what if we didn't want to make that leap? What if we didn't recognize what was happening around us in that moment? The whole story would be different. Right. It's right. a great point. Um, and yeah, and it was that. It was really being able to recognize when triggers are happening, when things are happening, and and be if be disciplined enough to go build um build around that, you know. And, and, then, uh, and then you have you have a team with someone like Josh on it, you know, and, <laughs> and he, you know, does a bunch of shit on there too. Yeah, now it's funny, I, I think about how we even met. It was around the crew time, I think. It might have been right before crew or it starts to really like bubble crazy. But um, I was over at EQT. Or not EQT, I'm sorry. I was at Cashmere, and we were looking to book artists for this Under Armour campaign. And literally, all the like, we're looking to book artists and creators. Half of the artists and creators we reached out to just happened to be managed by EQT. And I had no <laughs> idea who EQT was. We reached really? out to. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't we, know that we had reached out to GoLink. Um, we had reached out to Metro and then Michi. And then I had to, I was speaking to Ramya about all these conversations. And I was like, what? Like Ramya, I just met Ramya and she's like, oh yeah, I work for EQT. And I'm like, huh? Like, what is this company? And then, you know, I kind of peeled the layer back and I was like, oh shit, this is actually like, you know, you guys were just in a, in a like you said, you guys had a, you were in a dope moment. And I just think the artists you guys were, were working with was just so curated uh, to what I think currently music is, but like music wasn't at this point at that time. I think now we're at this point where it's like, I like to call it like the black pollen. Like if you look at the pollen playlist and, and shout out to Spotify, but we're on we're on Amazon right now. But I just think there's a <laughs> there's a certain kind of artist. No, it just is what it is. I mean, I think you got to recognize the 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 what's going on in, in culture in the moment. But um, I think you guys label kind of embody that a little bit. And um and yeah, it was just interesting, man. I was like, oh shit. So like, I just kind of did my due diligence, and and then I met up with Dan, and I think I he introduced me to you, and then you know. Now we're here, but um, but yeah, I just thought that you guys would just had like such a dope thing going on, and it was just crazy how I kind of found out about it just happenstance. Um, I want to get into um, I want to get into crew because that's just such that's a, a pivotal record in time. I feel like fifty years from now you're gonna be Still hearing be that at the barbecue. That. Yeah, like yeah. that's absolutely a barbecue song. Like I I think if people ask me right now, like what's your like your your song when you're sixty years old that you're gonna be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember when I was in my thirties and twenties. It'll probably be crew. Yeah. Um let's, so yeah, let's, let's play it. Yeah, let's get into that. And then um I want to hear about the story of the making of that record. So uh we'll talk about that after. Yeah, we'll be right back on Black Green Radio. forget when Golding performed crew dc and glizzy stepped out and the crowd went fucking crazy yeah i remember i, I don't know if i i think i seen that online yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was one of the one it was one of the ones that was like okay this song's gonna be something this song's gonna be crazy blackburn radio we're back j5 josh pease yeah. mc yeah man I, and we're here with my guy henny man um dude crew like how does it feel to be a part of that record was it like diamond by now <laughs> 
you know what? I'm still waiting on my plaque. It's actually five. It's five X. Wow. Five, five times plaque. I got my three. That's crazy. Like I like yeah. you don't that doesn't happen often for first of all, for that's I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a regional record, but that's a very D M V record. Like uh-huh. with Shy yeah. and, and Brent and Go Link. So like that doesn't happen very much for a record like that. And then I just feel like um, more than a lot of these, you know, five-time platinum records, that just felt organic. Like, that just is a really feel-good song, and it just kind of just popped up and bubbled, and it didn't feel like there was a lot of, like, gaming of that. Like, it just was good music that just responded well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even for even how long it took to get to that that kind of, like, like, peak sort of mass consumption, you know what I mean? It came out at the end of 2016. We felt it getting high probably in January, February, shot the video, still didn't, still didn't know that it would be, it could do that. And then <clears throat> I remember when the first uh, Sajam, uh, Sajams came back because we started it off out at DC radio, right? We could do our own relationships. We didn't have to go do RCA and they started playing it. And it was like off the Richter on Shazam. Like it was, it was like number one on Shazam within like a week of the radio playing it in the market. And then and that kind of like, uh, oh shit, I think we got something. Um, you know, and then it bubbled that summer, turned into like the culture hit of the summer of 2017, right? If you were cool, you knew that record. Um, still didn't go all all the way. And then it then radio really kicked in towards the end of the summer. Going into that DC show, actually, that you just referenced, right into that was when it like was like yeah, I think it was number one on urban radio a couple of weeks before that show. So really turning to this like thing. It was out yeah. of there. Yeah, it was it was out of there. Yeah. I, it was one of those moments yeah. I was like, I wish I was back home to see that because just for both those artists, super, you know, very much at, at that point of the city, especially Glizzy. Like he, I remember listening to him, Money Problems back in the day mm-hmm. when I was in college. <laughs> I got Money Problems. It was like, that was the shit. Just to see him, you know what I'm saying, in that space, it was, it was amazing to see it. It felt really good. Yeah, and it, and that record yeah, was it was a departure for him too, but it just it fit everything fit perfectly. Like I, I you rarely ever hear records like that. And um, I remember talking to him after the record came out. And I was like, man, like I was like, you need to get one of them brand flyers hooks for yourself. <laughs> he was like, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, that kid want a quarter million dollars for a hook. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, that's what happens when you when you deliver something that good. Five times plat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, that it was it's it's so crazy in hindsight because you you got to think about it too. Those were those were three non mainstream artists, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Brent was brand new, Goldlink was bubbling in the other underground, but definitely didn't come close to breaking yet. And Shy had moments; he had awesome, but he still was kind of like he cooled off a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So it was such an interesting story for for just the relevance of DC, man. It, it's nothing like it, man. Even like. When I think about what that record means, having three guys from the DMV, you know, where everyone's careers kind of panned out, but where what everyone kind of means to, to that scene and for how potent that song was, for a song like that to be like five times platinum, like it's crazy. Like, I, it, you know, it's kind of, it. if I stop, if like something happens to me and I stop doing this shit tomorrow to know that I get helped give the dmv a record that important that's kind of like what it's all about you know um and and to think that it's that you know it's funny we've had some like funny references to what that song like is that 
it's almost what's that? What's the Camp Lo song? that's just like legendary. Lucini. Lucini. Yeah, Lucini. Lucini. Yeah, yep. yeah. Lucini. That was a reference point that me and uh, Tunji used to always have. Or that's you know, actually even, that, that's actually more true than like. I mean, I know that's I don't know if it one. was facetious, but that's like that's more true than you think. Like it, it really is a song that like no one would have thought had reached that level of ubiquity, and, and it is it's there. It's there. Yep, and it and it bubbled very organically, very culturally. It checks all those boxes of being like hella cool, but still having a really strong hook and, but still very commercially successful, you know, number one, urban radio and five times platinum. You don't, you don't get that a lot without having like a massive, and then it didn't have a big artist on it. Yeah. So it makes it kind of even more special. It really was about the moment in time and, and what the record did for people. Um, you know, so now it's exciting. I mean, you know, that was, Definitely didn't think it was going to do that. You know, I had Brett and Goldling. I was I was up on Brett from from very early on, um, and built a relationship with Ty just because I'm a, I'm a fan of Brent. Ty's the homie, and I was like, oh, we got to get them together. Like Goldling's like bubbling in in the city. You know, Brent's very early, but his voice is crazy. But if you were if you're up on it, people were starting to like buzz about him, and they actually both were signed to Pulse as well for publishing. So, uh, so like, oh, we got to make it happen. So we put them in the Pulse studio in LA. They made two demos that night. That was one of them. The other one was pretty good, but not, you know, nothing never got finished. It wasn't anything that, but one, the crew was one of them. If you guys know the producer, Teddy Walton, mm-hmm. who went on to go Kendrick, crazy after yeah. that record, yeah. Kendrick Bryson, he just got a few Bryson placements and Trap Soul went crazy. I think he had one on there. And, um, there's actually a funny story we couldn't find so tanji sent over a folder from teddy walton then we're like oh brennan golden on the studio let's just feed them some folders that was in that folder cut it then he couldn't find the files oh shit. so we were like nah we were like bro you gotta find a file to this beat like we knew the song was special but we didn't know it was gonna be that but it's definitely on the album right mm-hmm. it's gotta be on the album we're making an album at that time and i remember facetime and teddy and he was um in memphis in his mom's kitchen with his laptop open on Fruity Loops, trying to convince me. So he didn't even do like a pub deal yet. Like he still lived in his mom's crib. And he was like, yo, like I can figure it out. I'm gonna remake it. I got some ideas. Every every remake, every remake came back. No, actually, hold on, I remember what happened. It wasn't that he couldn't find the files. An artist he was developing did a song to the beat. on that beat. I hate when that happens. Yeah, he, oh my <laughs> I God. hate that. He didn't want to get the beat up. So he was like, nah, I'll work on it. But he also didn't want to lose the placement. And then um, then finally we got it. You know, we got it back. And he had to tweet some stuff. And we're like, all right, cool. Um, and Shy, how Shy happened was, um, I remember, so Shy and Golden were freshmen um they were actually so freshmen at the same time but they had still had no records together right oh, but shit. he makes very different he makes very different music than shy but this was the first demo where i was like this kind of needs like like a street rapper and he was like yeah but like who because he only had little relationships like that like trail or this well, we should put shy on this y'all just were a freshman xxl we've been looking for that moment to connect the dots on y'all too all right cool let's see what i said i hit my man benny work with shy for years Shot loved it. Shot always had a great year. Shot mm-hmm. loved it. Sent it back in like a week or two. And I was like, oh shit, we got a shot Lizzie verse. And we were all like, oh shit, no, it's fire. And the rest of the album sounded so different than that song because that wasn't really his sound, right? Um, but we were like, but actually it's funny. Kaz, 
and him and some people that are in their circle in DC, they're like a little bit younger than me, of course. They were like, man, yo, this is like really fire. And I remember that I've never seen the energy. I always thought it was dope, but they were like, yo, this is actually super fire. And I was like, fuck it, let's put it out. And we threw that record out in December of 2016. Like the label didn't even care. They're like, yeah, whatever. What shot well, doesn't mean that much anymore. This brand kid is like super new, like cool. If y'all really fuck with it, put it out. And then by the time we came back from Christmas break in January, niggas was like, hold on, this shit is kind of bubbling. Like five people hit my, like Derek, our, um, who's still one of my best friends to this day. He's at our, still at RCA. Over Christmas, over Christmas breaks, like homies were hitting up about it. Like not the music industry people, just like niggas he knew were like, yo, that record's crazy, that record's crazy. And then, and then everyone was like, uh, I think we got something here. And then that's when things started to pick up early 2017. Man, that, no, that's an amazing story, man, and that's really the, the genesis of a, a real hit record. Like it's crazy. Like even just the story of uh, almost losing the beat to an up and coming artist that no one probably remembers now, and getting shy on there, and just all them artists being at that point in their career. Um, even you mentioned the freshman cover. I just went back and looked at that cover. Like I feel like the the last artist still standing from that cover is like probably like Vince Staples at this point. <laughs> but um, yeah. That- that was that was notoriously not one of the best covers ever. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it was like Kid Kid and OG yeah. Mako. Kid Kid up there ten yeah. years later, shit's crazy. Uh, but but yeah. we're we're up at our hour. I feel like we could talk to you for forever, Henny, for sure. But thank you so much for your insight and your stories today, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. Damn, I feel like we didn't even get to like to like all the new shit going on. Like, yeah. well, 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 what do you got coming up before yeah, we get actually, out of here? What let's do you talk, got yeah, let's, let's get into the new shit because I think oh, oh, even man. the, the yeah. I, I would hate to call it the part two of EQT but you had like you got Masego, you got Smino. Like tell us a little bit about just what you got going on on the label side and the publishing side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we had a pretty big like year or two with Masego, um, you know, with the record with Don Tolliver and the Grammy nomination and everything going on with him. So it's been awesome to see him develop over the past four years. And he was the first artist signed to the label too. So it was a big milestone for Tadao and Mystery Lady and his growth and all that stuff. Um, and then Smee, who's, you know, just came out hot with this record with J. Cole called 90 Proof. And we just put a tour on sale with Jid. So, you know, super excited. I mean, this album is incredible. The one that we're about to put out on him and seeing where he's about to go to that next step. And then our development artists that are really exciting, like Amindi, um, Rihanna's coming back with another record that he just finished. It sounds great, an album. So yeah, it's just some, you know, it's exciting things happening all around. And, you know, and the publisher side, we've been just really focused on producers and songwriters. So like dudes that write and work and produce at our studio in our world, it's just a place for us to continue to develop them um, like we do our artists, but in a different way, right? Right. Um, so that's really what the publishing arm was kind of started for, less to like necessarily sign a whole bunch of artists to it, but more to to have a, to kind of world build um, and be in partnership with the producers and songwriters that are making the stuff that lives in our world, right? So, we, um, and that's kind of what that's for. So, it's been cool, man. It's been cool seeing the ecosystem grow and bubble to what it is now, and just excited for you know what's next. Absolutely, and thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, shout out to EQT, everybody over there. They they work super hard. I know when Josh is over there, he was like, "Yo, we're doing some big shit," and you guys still are doing big shit. Today. Man, y'all. Matter <laughs> of fact, shout out to uh, he just signed his deal recently. Skywater, that's one of my favorite artists right mm. now. Like, I, I'm just glad you guys. Oh, you are did bring him that. up a couple more. Yeah, weeks ago. like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I was trying, we just started, yeah, we just started managing. Him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. yeah. You guys just did the deal over at uh, was it Geffen? Yeah, Geffen, yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to the team at Geffen. Shout out to Dash. Um, I'm looking forward to that, man. Skywater is one of the one of my freshmen, at least. Absolutely. And so uh, we come to the end. Of course, Josh and I and MC are going to be 
doing a new episode of the of, of the Black Print. Josh, what are we talking about? I don't know. I never know what we're talking about. Oh, this week? I don't know, man. We gotta talk about you watching James Bond movies for once. Yeah, we can talk about James Bond. Maybe we touch on Kanye. <laughs> oh, God, God. Hey, listen, the, if you know Josh, then you already know. Pray for Jesus, man. God, please, no, 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 no sir. Please, God, no. We are please, not praying please. for that nigga. Thank you, Henny. Thank you so much for I saying smart. that. <laughs> Thank you, Henny. We might need to have you back on. I need some. I need some support from this nigga, Josh. He's a terrorist. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week on the Black Print. Thank you for listening to Black Print Radio. Uh, I believe we're going to actually have a new Blacklist episode at the end of the month. We're going to be playing some music for you guys. Uh, and, and that's going to be really, really fun. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to play you guys out with one of my favorite songs. Uh, Love You Better by Future. Of course, album of the year. Go. See you guys later. Blackpink Radio. <laughs>